Welcome to Metrospective, the Mecha Podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Ma Singer Z. I'm Giovanna. I'm Devin. We're doing it! We finally! We did we're, it! We, we, have to, we have to finally record one more episode before we can get to Char's Counterattack. We gotta talk about this garbage dingbat poopy diaper show. <laughs> For idiots. Yeah, angry video game. Yeah, James Ralph. <laughs> no, I I like this show a lot. I this show the show is great. I I this is a show that gets better every time I watch it. Much like Zeta does. Zeta gets better every time I watch it. This to not as extreme of a, you know, ratio. I but... I honestly think like I like honestly <laughs> depending on if my life were in a slightly more time-free situation, and and somebody else in my life was like, I want to watch Zeta Gundam, but only if you watch it with me. I'd be like, all right, I'm getting back in line. I'm getting like it's when you get off the roller coaster and get right back in line. I got a fast pass. Let's go. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, Camille's mom's. I remember Camille's mom. Oh, hey, look, a Polly. Oh, hey, it's um... Roberto. Oh man, wonder what's gonna happen to Black's four. Jeez, yeah, that's oh, yeah. me with that's me with double Zeta for sure now. Oh man, Mashmere. <laughs> Uh, welcome to welcome to Metrospective. Um, once again, if you uh, ha- don't don't start on this episode, if this is your first episode, please please at least dial back to every a, uh, podcast. A every podcast episode is someone's first episode. Don't make this one yours. Yeah, ba- uh, basically, if you want, if you really want to start this ruse cruise like somewhat properly, at least jump into our uh, first episode of this of our Zeta series. Or now hey, that the, now that the what? kids are gone, because <laughs> we are we are just a full full flagrant spoilers podcast, and uh, we don't want to ruin these shows for you because they are good, darling. We've tucked the children into bed. <laughs> so uh, what's I that guess... tent in my satin undergarments? <laughs> so I'm okay. smoking a lit pipe in the bed. <laughs> I've created a small fire. <laughs> It's Char as Garma enters the bedroom. <laughs> oh, honey. Oh, shit, I lit the pillow on fire. Oh, God. <laughs> if this is still your first podcast episode, my my head cast for English Char is H. John Benjamin, and I'll die before I change that. I agree. You've, look what you've done to me. <laughs> so you you liked Gundam Double Zeta a lot, as did I. But I am curious about your more, I guess, immediate it's, thoughts on the show, despite what we've already talked about. Because we we watched the finale, the last like four episodes we watched like a few nights ago. Yeah, or the last three. It's bumpy. It's bumpier than like it's it's bumpier than like. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but I can imagine it's probably bumpier than Double Seventy Nine. Um. If that's not true, then that's not true. But like, I, I, there's less bumpy older shows, is what I'm saying, um, in terms of pacing. Like, the only, well, in recent memory, the only worse one is Edeon. Um, and I think Edeon, in a real way, is is like a sister piece to this show. Yes, or like I a mother piece. Edeon, like, I could not get Edeon and Heavy Metal Elgheim out of my head. Edeon is the sourdough starter. And I've got a fresh loaf with a double Zeta uh, fucking seared into the top of it. To finish my thought, sorry, watching it was rocky, but now that I'm done, 
I would say that it's like I, I it's fine now. I'll 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 watch those episodes now. I'll enjoy those episodes now because like I have a better understanding of the full breadth and quality of the thing. E- even Moon Moon. Yeah, Moon Moon's one episode. Whatever. Two episodes. Two episodes. Moon, Moon hey, Moon would be infinitely better if it was one episode. And like, it's it's real easy to just kind of like. Because uh, by that time, um, sorry, I had to kiss my wife because I'm gay. Um, I, I, um, Moon Moon was two episodes, but like, I by that point, you're already so used to just kind of turning off Bicha and Mondo, and they're the main characters of that arc. So it's it was just sort of white noise to me. I was probably doing other things, but also I didn't miss anything. <laughs> comprehend yeah, all, of all, it. The, all there's the, not I a mean, lot of information to get then there's revenge of moon moon which are actually which is a way better story arc, I think. Th- yeah that's the other thing is like now now i can be hi- more hype about moon moon because revenge of moon moon is in my future and i'm aware of it and then there's moon gundam yeah which is wait what fucking, <laughs> you, wait you've never heard of moon gundam moon gundam it's a manga it's it's uh takes place in the year 0090 year after the end of Double Zeta, before Char's counterattack, and it's, uh... I've only read a little bit of it, but it's written by the unicorn guy. And oh. it's, it's about, uh, like, Amaro's a character in it. It's a lot about the early operations of Londo Bell, and I th- and Mineva's in it. Huh. You know what Mineva's not in? Mobile Suits is Gundam Double Zeta. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. That's... Although, honestly, I would... I would say that even if it ended up being the real Maneva. That would be my summary of Maneva through this show, regardless of regardless of whether or not we got Princess Amadala. Yeah. Like I... Wait a minute, she was she was voiced by Kiera Knightley. So Star Wars. I've had Star Wars on the brain. I'm I'm living a sec. I'm reliving Star Wars and on the on the other side of my media life right now. <laughs> so, th- this show was a lot rougher than Zeta, but I think most shows are because Zeta Gundam is probably one of the cleanest sh- like shows of all time. And not that you know every show needs to be clean, but it's like. I think that that's what makes Double Zeta feel so egregious to so many people is that it's a direct follow up to probably want to to like like a perfect work of art. I think I think following up what in the moment felt like a clean cut like the good guys defeated the bad guys type war scenario to then literally that next moment pivot to a a convoluted shit show where everybody where every faction is just kind of running around with their heads cut off i think that's important and necessary yes i i i 100 agree with you on that on that front I we talked a lot it. about that on the second part i think but i get I, it to but reiterate. that's the whole reason that's the whole if that's why you hate it that's why i love it like yeah, like the I I just meant in terms of just like reception. Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah, because like I I had a my first viewing of Double Zeta was mostly negative, and I had already tuned out way early, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. resigned myself to dislike it because I had made the mistake of going into it seconds after the finale of Zeta Gundam. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like we're number one of, recommendation. Yeah. If you even if you're listening to these and you've seen Double Zeta before and you didn't like it and you still don't like it, take a break. just 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 watch it again in a while because now you've already swallowed the bitter pill that Double Zeta is not just more Zeta. Watch some other things. Watch some non Gundam things. Watch, watch some other stuff. Watch, watch, watch me Edeon. Watch, watch Edeon, uh, Space Run. Even if, even if you don't watch Edeon, like watch other more like not really, either actually fringe or just fringe to you. Like just fringe to you. Just like watch you know what? I've been Votoms if you haven't yet. Apparently, everybody loves Votoms now, which I think is our fault. Yeah, no, we cosmically, psychically, we psychically just dri- hashtagged that. Um, no, I'm not gonna do that. Um, <laughs> we psychically just, just, just put that into the void like a message in a bottle and it washed up on everyone's shore yeah i just think i think one person told one i think we told pete some but we told a uh, we threw I got, like, that hand grenade people. into the connect collective consciousness and then that blew up in somebody's face and then they told somebody famous and with with a twitter following and then it just went from there yeah honestly like the fact that that one votom's joke twitter post made numbers i was like there's why are you all laughing at this you're not supposed to think understand why this is funny (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean you all watched this what where were you a month ago where were you last year when we were telling all of you every second to watch this show uh, subscribe to my fucking podcast and that's when they shrugged and they said i don't know bro we did (laughs) but if you haven't please watch armor trooper photons please watch armor trooper photons it's fucking fantastic okay now here here i'm gonna leave i'm gonna leave this out for you imagine mm-hmm. dragons armor tr- imagine that sh- everything is the same but judo is kiriko how different is mobile suit gundam double zeta i think judo would be vanilla so <laughs> yeah ju- judo and vanilla are probably the same kind of you know genre of character like, well, okay, it would be like a it would be like a Dragon Ball Z fusion of Kiriko and 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 Vanilla, just with Kiriko with an afro. No, that would if he has an afro. If it's Judo with an afro, you just get Cosmo. Shit, <laughs> fuck, shit, <laughs> shit. Devin, it's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So why is, <laughs> why is our double Zeta finale episode our best episode? Um, what I wanted to say though is let's let's start moving towards uh let's just talk about some characters because we let I want to talk about I want to talk about some characters because we got we got we got people to talk about we have people to fucking talk like people we already like we have more to say about characters that I honestly had barely anything to say to say about in the first like three quarters of this series and suddenly like wow like i have way more to say about them uh first off let's talk let's talk about mash mirror because we he comes back mm-hmm. i will say i will say i will say like I, I think one of the things i'm gonna do on my second viewing whenever in my life that is is pay more attention to late to late game mash mirror because i i felt like he didn't do a whole lot but that might have just been everything else going on he honestly doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Which is, I think, because, like, I, as I was, as I said to you while we, were, while we were watching this, is I wish this show had, like, 
three or four more episodes. Right. Like, I, I was really, like, you know, you really want, and by you, I, I mean Yoshiyuki Tomino because he rarely gets it. You really want the solid 51-52 run. Yeah, like, because if so this guy... So rarely in his life did that man get it. Because, like, it, I don't know, because, like, the, the last ten episodes of this show are so good, and I wish... I, I just wanted to see more of that. I actually don't know that. Did Dunbine, did Dunbine get 52? Did, did most of his shows not get canceled? But the famous ones did? Uh, let me is, check right you know. now. How many episodes did Dunbine get? Uh, Aura Battler Dunbine. Our Battler Dunbine is 49. Okay. J- Heavy Metal Elgheim. Because that, I think that's that's not canceled, right? That's just... No, that, 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 that just ended. Elgheim had 54. Wow. And then Zeta had 50. Long in the tooth. And then Double Zeta had 47. Really just needed a fucking... <laughs> Imagine... Imagine an Ideon style, like double Zeta finale movie that just like rewrites the last like two episodes. It wouldn't even really like I wouldn't even want them to be like rewritten. I just want them to be like expanded. Right. I guess I just meant like you know what if it got like what if it got even weirder with new type shit. Oh yeah, I would be in for it because there's some cool shit that happened in these. And I we're gonna need get like, to that because it's like okay, fine. Like I, you know, a, a lot of the non new type shit of the Gundam franchise is still entertaining, but like, I just, mm, I just want another one. I just want another one that gives a fuck about new types. You're going to like unicorn. You, you've said that at least once every episode of double Zeta. <laughs> yeah. I mean like, cause 99% of the people that don't like unicorn I've met also don't like double Zeta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. like I feel that liking Double Zeta is like a prerequisite for liking Unicorn. Yes. On yes. top of be all right, like I I don't know how some people can just be casual Gundam fans. Oh, I just watched Unicorn because it's like Uni- Unicorn. You need to like have seen everything to kind of get Unicorn. Oh, I only watched the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I only watched the uh, <laughs> dude. I only watched the Clone Wars. I have no fucking idea who the hell fucking Anakin Skywalker. Who the fuck is Darth Vader? <laughs> that would be a that would honestly be an interesting perspective. And then if they immediately watched the original trilogy for the first time after Star Wars: The Clone Wars, like that would be really wild. It's it's it, the the takes are equally insane, which is why rule of one should always apply. Because like even in shit like Final Fantasy or Dragon Warrior, where not every instance is a direct sequel to the previous one. Because every single t- every series will always call back itself. Yeah, th- there's a reason it's a series. If they were isolated things, Square Enix wouldn't go through the bother. Like Square Enix farts out JRPGs like it's fucking nothing. They don't need to make it a Final Fantasy. There's a reason it's a Final Fantasy. Well, they don't s- fart out shit anymore. It takes them at least six years to make anything. Right. Well, I mean, uh, dude, I honestly wish they if. They- if they shout out JRPGs like three right. well, they years like they used every to every now would, and again, I would be so excited. I, I think for me the percent. I think for me it's more of every time they make something that's like not one of their big tentpole franchises, but they still put a lot of effort into the marketing. It's like wow, they really just like you know. They, there's people who care about Square Enix as the brand. 
um, less lately, but there was a time. Um, Bro, I miss Squaresoft. Don't we all? I was anyway. honestly my my very first the very first thought I had watching uh watching a playthrough of Final Fantasy VII was like, oh, they were still Squaresoft back then. Square Enix literally can't claim any shit. It's all Squaresoft. Yeah, well, Enix was also just a publisher, so it's yeah. like because like like Dragon Quest was technically made by Chunsoft and published by Enix. Yeah. So it's like I don't know whatever it's a it's a thing. But Mashmere, we now have sleeveless Mashmere. Wait, he didn't have sleeve. He had sleeves before. Yeah, he had like full on sleeves. You're right. He did. That's weird. I, you know, they they worked so well on him. I just didn't. I just completely rewrote my memory to suit it. <laughs> he like he he looks way more Chad than he should, but he's basically the same, just more of like a unrepentant psychopath he's you know he's a very nuanced chad simp um you know gender is a spectrum uh (laughs) (laughs) he's fluid in that way yeah those are the two i just sent to each the two mash mirror designs burger is hooping and hollering in his little puppy dreams Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember that first boy, but this man over here fucks. <laughs> this man fucks. Not well. <laughs> it's an, it's a valiant effort. I see you. He, he's, he has aspirations to eat pussy, but hasn't yet. Yeah! Yeah, fucking, he'll get his pussy ate. That's the thing. I, that's the thing, right? Like, Mashmir One has never had his ass eaten. Mashmir Two has had his ass eaten. Yeah. I can't believe we just solved Double Zeta. Like right there, <laughs> bam, wrap it up. There's nothing else to say. Not only did we solve Double Zeta, at the same time, somehow we also solved Lost. Yeah. Uh. I, I, they were I on kinda... Moon Moon the whole time. <laughs> watch watch out for 2022 when Devin watches Lost. Re- watch when I watch when I rewatch Lost and become even more difficult to talk to. God, I actually think like I I love you and I lo- and I like your opinions. So depending on your thoughts on Lost maybe I'll stop dis- just out and out disliking it, but like my mm. I am ready to be this guy but that, that that's another year that's a year from now alright, I'll be there welcome to fucking, I can't wait for the retrospective guy then <laughs> Devin speaks about lo- t- Devin talks about Lost for four hours <laughs> That'll be the name of the episode. Devin talks about it's because we're not doing a retrospective like take on it. We're that's just I talk about Lost for four hours. It's just probably. called Devin underscore Lost dot MP three. Yeah, just nothing. Just upload it. <laughs> the the episode summary is that fucking sequence of numbers. <laughs> I forgot what they were. Of course you did. It's just a sequence of numbers and the fucking the ding whatever. <laughs> so. 
Uh, finishing up Mashmir. Uh, I wish he did more. I like his his dumb boots and leather pants, and I uh, especially because of how like getting it like you know I always I always start at the end, <laughs> um, like that that like brief fucking inner like inner drama between Neo's yeah like that like that that small civil war <laughs> um in within Neozion civil conflict I don't know what you would call something that's not Glemmy's rebellion yeah Glemmy's rebellion oh, it's my it's my fucking favorite uh like un, untranslated visual novel um or fucking uh light novel which I'm losing control. but um like he he was in that obviously and like I wanted to be more invested in him during that whole thing but it really didn't give me that much and I was just like man like I it was kind of falling flat for me I'm just like Glemmy like I really wanted him to come through with his triumphant return and like there's just way more important shit happening like oh he gets it like although I will say like it blew the wind out of my sails that it actually confirmed that the ending of Double Zeta confirms that like yeah like him and Haman are in the same room and they're speaking to one another and she has like clearly knows him and like has met him before. Like I really wanted the, I really wanted them to never address it so that I could keep, I could continually headcanon that he has never actually been in the same room with that woman. I, I think he has never spoken one-on-one with her. Mm. Like he has met Haman. He has attended briefings. He has attended like military. He has never spoke to her on like a personal level whatsoever. I guess like the fact that she gave him a new rose made me because like my ideal would be like oh if she if she did give him the rose for real then like she probably doesn't even remember doing it but he she he worships it as this totem to her. Um and, like, you know, a woman like Amon, it's like, who are you again? Like, oh, like, that flower? Like, I literally pulled that out of the vase at the table I was sitting at. Like, it's nothing to me. Um, and, you know, maybe she just, you know, maybe, you know what? Yeah, no, it still works, because, like, Haman is also the type of bitch to see him with, like, a wilted flower and be like, oh, fuck, yeah, like, he's that weirdo with the flower. He's the rose simp. I know how to get him to die for me, and she, like she gives him a new flower, and like. And you know what he does? Yeah. <laughs> that was the that's the coldest shit Haman ever did, or Haman ever said. Out of like the coldest bitch to ever live, Haman Karn, the coldest thing she ever said was just like, "Wow, that sucks. I have one less thing." Come, why you gotta do him dirty like that? <laughs> She's just that bitch. Was that bitch still that bitch? Always gonna be that bitch. So uh, adjacent, adjacent to um, Mashmir, we have like one final character who gets introduced in these episodes, and that's Ilya Pazom. Yes, who is his? Who is Mashmir's direct subordinate? Who is like clearly into him, but he's far too like into the conceptual ideal of Haman Karn. Yeah, yeah. She's great though. Yeah, she is great. I I love her her eighties anime mullet. I just really want, like, I don't know. I would love like. Wait, does that exist? Did, didn't you say that there was like there's literally like a Neo Zeon prequel manga? <laughs> yeah, well, there's the um Charles the Affair. She's in that. Yes, I want to read that. 
It's all translated too. We can probably do that at some point. I have very, conf- I have very mixed opinions o- about it. There's stuff I really like in it and stuff I really don't. I mean, I feel that way about Double Zeta sometimes. Um, but, um, but no, yeah, she's like. I honestly feel like she, she, she made a stronger impression than Mashmir did. Um, yeah, which is wild. Her pilot suit is unique from everybody else's. It kind of resembles one of the like the Peru pilot suits a little more. Yeah, and then also her just her her normal military garb is fucking like open toed heels. Like she is stunting. Like there was no such thing as a fucking military dress code in Neo Zeon. Um, this is just great. the f- as long as it has like Zeon emblems all over it, you're good. It yeah no honestly like more uniform more uniform code should be that way it's like everybody like you can do literally whatever you want but it has to be thematically appropriate it has to make sense like it has to still read as long as you can make it read then it works and that and it's like it makes sense because like neo zeon are almost as extra as the buff clan yeah well because at this point they've, they've been living out in the fucking outer rim for so fucking long like in the vicinity of mars They've just been hyping themselves up as this, like, fucking destined crusade of, like, vengeance. And it's like, yeah, these people are LARPing. Fucking. That was Mashmere's whole thing. That's why I loved Mashmere. That's why the, That's why I feel like the opening of Double Zeta is so strong, which is wild. Because the first thing I heard about Double Zeta was the first half of it was garbage. And I'm like, the first eight episodes are, like, great fucking the Shangri-La arc is amazing uh specifically because it's like you know I talked I I talked ad nauseum about it in in our first episode but like I really love that shit of just like wow like Mashmir just fundamentally doesn't understand what's going on because he's just he just he just came here from fucking the other side of space and just is pretending that he has any fucking idea what's going on because he's been fed propaganda this whole time. Like, it's wild. And then on the complete polar opposite side, you have Judao, who, like, I am... That is the greatest thing about how Double Zeta ends. Devin, like, I didn't want to speak it into being, but up until the very end, last episode of this show, like, I just assumed that, like, Judao and all his friends would get, like, fully conscripted into the fucking military and just, like, become Democrats, like. <laughs> um, and that did not happen. Judao was like, all right, y'all don't need me anymore? I'm fucking leaving. Like, this, fuck all of this. Yeah, but <laughs> The let's... second he got an opportunity to, without feeling bad about it, he left. Yeah, Judo just, Judo and Rue just decided to go, hey, we're gonna work for the Jupiter Energy Fleet. And it's even better, like, that is, that, and that, like, that says its own thing about, about Rue, because Rue was a fully enlisted, like, soldier. Like, she did sign up for all that shit, and even she was like, yeah, nah, like, I changed my mind, actually. We, we, yeah, I, I really, Rue has some great moments in these episodes, as does Elle. Beach and Mondo do too as well. Like to breathe. Yeah, that's like, the thing that that's who I primarily was talking about is like fucking, especially 
especially uh fuck in this very moment i've gotten their names mixed up who's the blonde kid beecha beecha like beecha like the the last quarter of double zeta is about is like partially about beecha i wish okay hear me out if i could i'm not i'm not one to really be like this is how the show should have been but if i was mm-hmm. able to it. amend double zeta at all uh-huh. I the nail argama is brought in way earlier and Cap- bright leaves way earlier. Yes, and we get Captain Beecha earlier because that's when Beecha's at his best. Yeah, I because like they I I really think they wanted to. I really think because j- just like the immediacy with which this which with which Beecha's arc suddenly became about learning how to be a better captain. I'm like they this team. This writing team clearly wanted to explore this. And the thing is, like, they could have totally had their cake and eaten it, too, because then they could have had Bright do other, more interesting shit. Yes. You could have just kept... Because, like, you could have had Sayla come in a little earlier, but I don't know how available her her voice actress was. Right, right. And, and you know, and I'm sure, like, I'm sure there's all sorts of reasons that are similar to that one that we are just not privy to because we didn't produce that show with them. Like we Exactly. There is... There's, Whatever understanding you have of your favorite shows, like production, there is eighty things you're not. There's eighty thousand things you're also not aware of. Every idea, like every idea you've ever had about, like every time you've ever thought, why didn't they just do blank about a thing? Someone, at least five people on that staff, will probably reply, will probably answer you with, like, yeah, we thought of that too. Like, it didn't happen. <laughs> we tried. Like, it didn't happen. Somebody that's a, suggested that, it, nothing. Like, no, someone else said no. That's a takeaway I had watching this, is I was just like, man, the production of this just feel like, I get the vibe that the production for this was rough. Yes. Like, there was some sort of compromise going on, there was probably conflicting ideas of what people wanted it to be. There's again, multiple different writers. Up, um, I think life be, ended up being so true to the art, because, like, that's also what the AUG is going through. Oh yes, the a- I when we get to the uh, to the synopsis, I oh man, I we we can go we can go ham with that, but like yes. I love how the AUG is basically just in shambles. No, yeah, like that they, they 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 did they did it, and like now what? <laughs> and no one had an answer, which is cut, which unfortunately tends to be how revolutions go. Because everybody who usually had all the ideas is fucking dead. Either fucking dead or, like, anytime there's, like, you know, it's... When there's so much going on in the moment, like, it is hard to be like, wait a minute, we have to think about what comes next. And the answer is usually no, because if we don't act now, then we die. So, (laughs) I get it. It just sucks. It, it does suck seeing the AU like turn into that. Yeah, but it's it's because the AU did act like it's funny because the AU's immediate purpose was to oppose the Titans, and the Titans are basically no more. Like um, in Moon yeah, Gundam, like, they, they, they they lost they lost their number one. They, they lost their only priority. Like a lot of them, a lot of them were simply like soldiers. Like soldiers can be smart and know and and like you know political in that way but also like i don't know it, it, it just felt like well fucking yeah their their leader literally yeah you were right their leader literally died and then like quattro you're in charge and like 
The only reason that worked out is because, like, everybody wrongly believed in him. <laughs> everybody well, made like... everybody agreed upon the the char fandom of the Ayug made a better char in their head that helped keep them together while Quattro just sort of had an anxiety attack the whole time and faked his death. I I think it's a I think I actually don't think you're giving Char enough credit there. No, yeah, I'm goofing for sure. No, cuz I, uh... I I I just want to say like cuz my my interpretation of that is, is that like I think well cuz he didn't want back... to. He never wanted to. I think the back half of of Gundam Zeta is Char slowly losing his faith that the world can even become better. For sure, for sure. And um, I think what happened to Camille is like the final nail on that coffin of like that solidified that I can't make the world a better place through a revolution like this. I have no purpose here anymore. At least Camille's okay. At least Camille is okay. That is the silver lining. <laughs> that's gonna be the. Th- that's gonna be fucking. Because again, I still know nothing about Char's counterattack. It's gonna be like, wait, Char, wait, you can't do this. Camille's okay. <laughs> Oh shit! Why didn't you tell me earlier? I fucking someone tell that boy to come through. I really like the idea that like it's like double O ninety one, and like Char is slowly amassing his like Neo Zeon forces to for the 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 events of the movie in double O ninety three, and he just approaches like Camille, who's like now deep into medical school, mm-hmm. and Camille is just like like Char just shows up like one day like at the at whatever Moon Medical School Camille is at. And he's like, Camille, I have need for you. And Camille just fucking punches him again. Yeah, right. Because if that's exactly what Camille would do if Charge is like, Camille, I'm going, I'm going, I, my, I have a plan that's to fix the, the all the problems of Earth. I'm gonna blow it the fuck up. <laughs> Camille would just deck him right in the face. <laughs> yeah, nah, for sure. Immediately, immediately snaps back to like fucking <laughs> like first. <laughs> like first arc of zeta camille <laughs> just not having him at all oh we love we love fan fiction on retrospective. Oh. oh it's great i i like that moment that beecha has with l because i wish there was more of that because i really like them together yeah yeah they also they also pushed them hard at the end and i thought that, that i thought that was cute they they have, they have a good they they're like vanilla coconut kind of like it, yeah it, it was and also because it was it was a light enough push like it it never overstayed its welcome I'm like oh okay cool like these these teens are like goofing around that's cute <laughs> it's like because like L is all saying how like she's upset that Judo is not reciprocating any of her like feelings and then Breach is just like uh what about me. I think it also helps like it it helps being so far past those years of my life because I feel like like if I like if I was like 20 20 even 22 there's there's I probably would just fucking hate these kids and be like why are they here but now I'm just like oh yeah no like this is just what happens if you just invite teenagers onto your fucking space boat and expect them to be responsible God, it's like, oh, of co- of course, of course, one, of course, one of one of her friends is like upset because like she only wants to fuck the other friend, and it's like, well, what about me? Like, oh, of course, this is an archetype. I'm like, yeah, because that's just that's how that's how teens are. <laughs> Hell, dog, that's how people are in their fucking twenties are. Yeah, true, but but that's but that's just like cut that shit out. Like th- at that point, I reserve the right to like fucking tell you to shut the fuck up. 
Oh boy. Um, but no, yeah, they're they're cute. Uh, less cute is <laughs> less cute is Mondo's love life. Yeah, Mondo is just infatuation with Good Moon. Because I forget their name. It's Rasara and Sarasa, but I I just call them Good Moon and Bad Moon. <laughs> Raven and Starfire. I basically. <laughs> oh man. But I like them. I like the Moon Moons. <laughs> just in Starfire's voice actress, Judao, you have to pilot the Gundam. You don't, don't want to talk about Haman because Haman's pretty awesome. In the let's talk about you know what let's talk about Haman and then we'll talk about Judo. Haman in Double Zeta because because she just has to always win on every level. She just has to be everything all the time. She has some of the some of the biggest W's, some of the hardest L's. <laughs> like Zeta Gundam, she kept it pretty consistent. Like 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 mastermind type of like back and chess chess style back and forth between the Argama and her uh this one you really don't know how Haman's gonna come out of it like sometimes sometimes it's like oh wow she just knew that things were gonna happen this way other times like <laughs> like Judah just like Drops trow and shits on her shoe, <laughs> and she just looks down at it and takes the like, just like, well, goddamn, I guess he got me. Like, <laughs> like she, full, my, the best Haman moments in Zeta are when she just completely and utterly pantses the Titans. Oh, and now Judao pantses her. <laughs> like just like the best line when like Chiraco is is making a big extravagant show of showing his loyalty and bowing to her and she's just like oh cool there's clowns here too <laughs> <laughs> just immediately thinking about Mashmir <laughs> and that, I love that that little comic of just oh god that's my cousin from Axis <laughs> Sarah we have to get out of here before you notices me <laughs> Oh, I'd believe it. Judo is is fully ascended in the in like to like absolute like god tier character in this arc. He's just so good, and like, like the like I I think like I feel like you said a different character. I for, I always forget which one. Um, I think Judo is the most powerful new. Type. I always say Camille. Mm, mm, mm. They're de- they're definitely they're definitely like Goku and Vegeta, but I don't know which is which. I think I, I think when it comes to like who are the two most powerful new types in the entire franchise, like Camille and Judo are the obvious choices. Because I feel like Judo more consistently fucked up, like like one, whenever they would like new type grapple, like he could like Haman, he made Haman nervous. He made Haman, like, cry. Yeah, 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 like, he traumatized, like, he, like, Haman, like, facing him scares Haman in a way that she is usually, like, never, is always keeps her cool about. Like, she didn't really, she under, I mean, honestly, maybe the experience with Camille may, may, like, helps, helps her under, like, not underestimate Judah. Um, maybe, like, maybe that's working in tandem, like, maybe- I also think it has to do with, I also think it has to do with Camille and Judah, not Camille, uh, Judo and, uh, 
Haman's own intrinsic, like, connection. Right, they have a closer... It's something, I don't know. Like, they have, like, the same kind of new type bond that, like, it's different. They have the same... Like, I feel like Peru and Judo's relationship is more similar to, like, Camille and Rosamie's. Mm, but a lot less like, sad. They're, they're just, like, linked in that way. <laughs> Whereas Haman and, Ju- and Judo are linked, like, the way that, like, Amaro and Four were. I mean, Amaro and Lala were, or, like, Camille and Four were. Where it's, like, it's inexplicable, right. but there's something there. Yeah, it's, it's, like, you know, you can both be new types, but you're not, like, drift compatible in that way. Yeah, and it's like the and I think you said it great is that like Haman cannot lie to him. <laughs> yeah. She's just incapable of lying to Judo where she con- she needs to just be honest 100% of the time with him. Which is why there's that really bizarre sexual tension between them which I think is like mostly on her end. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well cuz again like I it's I think it's because I think it's because hi- his aura reminds her of Char. Yeah. That's the first thing we establish between the two of them. The first interaction indirectly we get on screen is Haman feeling Judao and mistaking him for Char. We never follow up on that, but that's obviously important. Yeah, as soon as she gets like a whiff of his new type stink, she's just like, this is Char. What is he doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and and that's that's important mostly for me because I love being right. Um, (laughs) And, like, uh, two, uh, yeah, like, I, I think that excuses, you know, in case, in case, because it's, 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 it's easy, given how anime sometimes just do be like that, uh, to, to mistake that for, like, something, like, squickier than it is, um, you know, I mean, if that's just your interpretation of it and, there's no two ways about it. That's how you read that text, sure. But like, I don't think it's making excuses to to interpret it differently, because um, I never really got that. Like, it never got to, it never it never crossed any line for me. Like the my read on it, the text was affirming it a lot. <laughs> um, oh yes, you were you were basically correct. I don't think Haman your, wants your to, like like Haman doesn't literally want to fuck Judah. <laughs> No, I don't think she does. Um, Despite what numerous amounts of fan art would tell you. <laughs> it, like, I will say, on the comparison between Char and Judo, though, Judo's a much better older brother. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Like, that's what I'm, like, that's what I'm saying. Judo is, like, fucking, okay, it's so, like, fucking, Devin, I swear I'm not doing this on purpose. I'm so sorry. Uh, Everybody thought Anakin was the chosen one. He's <laughs> <laughs> actually Luke. Uh, and, he, but, and even then, blah, blah, blah. But, but you know what I mean. It's like, you know, history is longer than the people living it think it is. Um, and so I, I do think there was that. I, 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 I appreciate that. Regardless of what, Char- regardless of what happens in Char's counterattack. I I do I do view Judo in that way of like if nothing else then just like this is what Char could have been. I think it informs Judo can easily at the very least be used to to further your understanding of Char because here is somebody with many 
parallel, but also sometimes opposite circumstances. Um, caught up in a lot of the same things. And this is how he chose. This is, this, these are the choices he made. Um, and you, you compare that to Char. So, and it become, it, so then it becomes more about his actions and less about circumstance. Um, because regardless of circumstance, you know, we all make choices. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited for Char's counterattack. <laughs> Cause oh I, yeah, because I, I know he makes choices in that film. Uh, this is this is the last statement I will ever make on this topic. That's yes. a lie, but that's I want. I, that sounds like a cool thing to say, but I'm not. It's not true. Judo Ashta is the proletariat red comet. Yeah. Mike yeah, drop podcast cool. over. I said it's all you need to know. <laughs> No, yeah, that's that. Yeah, that basically, that's my thesis, basically. Um, and and I think that's it's 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 solidified by him just decided d- deciding to just like disengage and fuck off because like there was nothing more he could like. like what there's what nothing stake he does could... he have in this? Yeah, he's a space noid. He doesn't give a fuck about the Federation. Everyone kind of treated him like shit. The AU concluded. Um. Yeah, and then, yeah, but then Char was very much like, okay, now I need to fix this. Um, you know, he had, you know, he, he, he caused more problems than Judao did, probably, but also, you know, war is messy. There's a world, there's a world in which Judao regrets what he did. Um, it's very easy to regret your life as a soldier. You kill people. Um, uh, but no, he was like, I am not taking any responsibility for this. He never... From day one, he took no responsibility in the larger movements of a federation he fundamentally opposed. Um, yeah, everything he did was pro- was to protect the people important in his life, and also just you know doing what he felt was right in any given moment. Um, and sometimes he changed his mind, and sometimes he like fucking. Made poor decisions, and sometimes he made good decisions, but they were always his decisions. They were always on his terms. Um, and I'm I also, going and, to, and, and that is that is also why I agree with your with your critique of like get bright out of there, because his shtick of like trying to make good soldiers out of them was like one of the things that makes the middle of Double Zeta drag. It's just like like bright like this just is not working. And then I think Bright even gives up eventually. So then he's just kind of doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's because it's like that that whole that bit works in because like that Bright's whole thing works in double in double seventy nine because it's if Amaro does not become a soldier, we are all dead. Mm-hmm. It, that is the situation on the white base. Amaro is the only one here who is has the potential to pilot the Gundam. If he does not shape up to my specifications, we are fucked. And even then, Bright is 19 commanding the white base. Like, Bright is Bright is the only person there who was, like, a soldier. And even then, only barely. He was, like, an attend- He was, like, an officer to the captain who died- To Captain Paolo. <laughs> like, Bright was not equipped for double- For double- For the events of 0079. In Zeta, Bright doesn't really have to do that much with Camille, because everyone is always- Is already working towards a very common goal. It's more just Bright trying to make that goal- Make that goal happen by making everybody work better together. Mm -hmm. Even if it's through his more abrasive military way. 
Right. Which is, you know, everyone's being a shithead on the bridge because Camille, because Camille just, you know, because Ford just potentially died. Camille's getting in fistfights with Taurus. I can't deal with this on my bridge right now. We could be attacked by the Titans at any second. Mm-hmm. But then, in a, in this, it just... It, it just doesn't really work to narr- work narratively in, in Double Zeta. No, I mean, I think, yeah, I, I think it works, but it, but it was an issue of, of like, pacing. Like, I just, I, I, yeah. didn't think they, I didn't think they paced that aspect of it very well. It dragged for me sometimes. But, but yeah, I, I just felt they I had like no it, idea. I, I, I do like it. I do like that in this instance, the third time was not the charm. Yeah. Because it's just like I don't mind Bright's like role there. I just, I I just think if he exited the show as direct captain of the Argama, like, I, I me like I, I I definitely think what would have been better it would have been if like went you know how the how in this series the entire Argama goes down to Earth and they don't just drop down. Yeah. If Bright stayed in space and then like exited stage left. Absolutely. But once again, I didn't write the show. Uh, this is all just speculation. We see, him, we see him at the end also somehow with Sayla and Reyna. Because this is like, I would have loved to have, I would have loved to, like, if we cut back to and Bright, not his what wife. is Bright doing? How is Bright navigating the, the weird political clusterfuck of the Federation and Federation right now? That could have been compelling, seeing Bright actually, like, you know, being matriculate, Bright gets his job back in the Federation and then starts actually amassing a force to aid what's left of the of the Ayug. Mm-hmm. Like that would have been pretty. That would have been pretty compelling. Yeah. Fuck yeah. But uh, I guess we have two final characters to talk about before we get to mobile suits and the synopsis. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Peru too. Let's let's do that. Uh, I I have so many disparate feelings about Puru Two. I um, like Puru Two because I like I, yeah, but overall, I, overall, I like her. I just like I don't have like a lot is going on with her. Yeah, I I you know who she reminds me of? Mm. She reminds me of Ypsilon. I can see that. I get that. She is like she is like eleven year old girl Ypsilon. Uh, so Ypsilon, but on the <laughs> tish. I, I I wish there was more of the like ghost of Peru talking to Peru too, because that whenever that happened, that was awesome. I loved every time that happened. I wish I I wish it was treated with like less pomp and circumstance, and it was more like when the ghost of tw- of of twenty one talks to twenty four and Venture Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Like she just gets used to hearing her and just like is talking to herself in the hallways. Papa OJ isn't dead. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> um I, no, I, she I, you go. I I I just like how we got to know Peru so like pretty intimately mm-hmm. as a character and then Peru too is just everything that Peru wasn't. Very yeah, I mean, prop that is probably the was the is the foundational pitch, like the core of the character for sure thematically, um, 
and for writing her, you know, that was probably just what every what every person on staff understood about her first and foremost. Um, and and it's 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 fun. It's if nothing else, it's very fun. Um, um, I I do wish not just because uh I I don't like when women characters die, but um I I I do wish we got more Pudu and Pudu two uh interacting together alive. Um, because uh, how much did they even? When do we get to Pudu two? Like, well, they... Pudu two kills Pudu. Right. Yeah. So just the one interaction. Because she Peru sacrifices herself to save Judo because he was about to get killed by Peru too in the Psycho Gundam. Right, yeah. Man, still Psycho Gundam. Still a very cool thing uh, that isn't around a lot, but when it's there, oh buddy. Bad things are gonna happen. There's a uh, Psycho Gundam uh, Mark IV that you see in Moon Gundam. Damn. Is it is it cool? Uh, yeah. Amara, because it uh, Moon Gundam opens it? with say what? Uh, I maybe I'm not sure yet. Because I know a piece of it is what becomes qu- like essential to making what becomes the Moon Gundam. Mm. But because uh, the Moon Gundam opens with Amaro and uh, his task force, like essentially Amaro's squadron going down and hunting down like Titans remnants. That are still floating around in the in 0090. Mm. Like around the vicinity of Moon Moon. There's just like a couple pockets of Titans guys who are still causing problems. Titan in and, the pocket. Moon in the pocket. Uh, I guess finally we can... Because I, I, I would have loved to see more of Peru and Peru 2 like interacting. Mm-hmm. I, that's something I liked seeing in Super Robot Wars. Because you can always manage to like get... Per, like. You can manage to save Peru, and then you can get Peru 2 to, like, stand down and join you, and then you have, like, double Cubalays on your party. Fuck yeah, that's that's the only way to do it. Like, I'm I'm restarting the fucking how, however far back I need to go if I fuck something up and Peru dies. And so, finally, let's talk about everybody's favorite character. Glammy Toto. <laughs> The best villain. The best villain <laughs> Do we Gundam. have to talk about Glemmy? Oh, <laughs> uh, he's the best villain. He's the best villain in Gundam. Well, you you sound like you you have some like thoughts about Glemmy, but you like don't want to insert him into your mind long enough to like verbalize. He doesn't them. deserve it. But that's <laughs> why. There is no like. There is no. There is no, I mean, off mic, we were talking about, like, Homestuck and, like, how I very much have never been, like, I'm on record, like, I'm never that bitch who's, like, I hate this character for real, like, because I, you know, they are fictional, they are fictional and part of a larger work, and whatever emotions they are evoking through their action is, like, part of the text, and so I have always had that detachment, I'm very good with that detachment, um, dog fucking... I hate him, and there's like nothing wrong with him being there. It's it's great that he's here, and that's disgusting for me to say. <laughs> well, I academically, think... academically, academically beautiful. I'll. It's on site. 
you you would beat the shit out of him, but then you'd have to touch him. Uh, I would I would do it, but I'd fucking I would fucking shower. Wear gloves. <laughs> no, I need to feel it. <laughs> I, need to I, fe- I need to feel his, I need to I need to get as close to his skull as possible. I have two galaxy brain takes. Yes. About Glemmy. Yes. That I just was thinking about in the shower this morning. Nice. Don't think about Glemmy when you're naked. Well, I was thinking about Zelda as a whole. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a prepubescent girl, so I'm fine. He has no interest in me. I'm a 26-year-old man. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, as you kept saying how Mashimira was the best foil for Judo, I think... I think Glemmy's a better foil for Judo. Because Glemmy's entirely, like, the most privileged motherfucker who gets everything that he needs and wants. That's true. Even in, like, their treatment of, like, Lena, and their treatment of, wi- and his treatment of women in general. That's, he is, like, yes. a complete, par- he is a complete opposite of Judo. He is a more literal, yes, you are right, he is a, he is a way more literal literary parallel, like, like, intentionally i will even say at this point haman is not the main antagonist of double zeta glemmy toto is yeah no that's and 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 again that that, that's part of it like because you know it's it is an intentional bait and switch like it is i would almost call it a spoiler to say that like to someone who hasn't seen the show before like you should definitely let them you should definitely not tell them how important glemmy is because i don't think the i i think the show very much wants you as an audience to underestimate them that's exactly exactly. I mean, that was your that was your initial that was your initial like uh, like I was like just like, like Devin I Devin I was not not only shocked like confused as to like as to why he survived the arc he was introduced in. I was dead ass like, wait, what? <laughs> who is this? Who is this pretty twink who who survived miraculously? It was like your first opinion of him? People who had like the. You know, again, because like he, that's that's what that's what he wanted everybody. That's what that's what he wanted Haman to think. I was I had the opinion of him that like everybody higher up than him was intentionally led to believe about him. Like he, that was a front, so he could grow children in his room <laughs> without anybody noticing, so that he could. So that he could live up to his perceived fascist bloodline. Fuck. Glemmy sucks, and I, that's and that's great. He's man. And now, now, I am going to bring out my even bigger galaxy brain taker. You are not Shit. even ready for this one. Fuck. So remember my cots take. No. My cop's oh, yes, take yes, yes. is that Co- to to refresh the audience, I guess, because I already started. Cots is a is like a, a like a bastardized inversion of Amuro, uh-huh. where like oh he because he is in the he is the exact same age and in all in near in very similar circumstances to Amuro as well that Amuro was in Double Seventy Nine, but now in Zeta. Where the context is different, but he still is like he he pretty much assumes 
I deserve to be where I am. Like in in my, I deserve my place in the narrative. I am going to be the main character of this show. I, to the point of arrogance. He keeps inserting himself into different situations where he doesn't quite belong. Almost like with the flippancy of like, oh, I'm the main character. I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Orders don't apply to me. I'm the main character. Right. Glemmy is what Kotz is to Amuro, but for Char. Yes, that's where I thought you were going. As soon as I thought that's where you were going, I was like, holy shit, that's fucking great. I'm a genius. <laughs> I'm um, so, my brain is huge. I mean, you know, it is, it's there though. I, I think, I think it does get obscured by, by, you know, I think it's easy. Honestly, you know what? It's easier to notice if you've literally only at up until this point seen like the Tomino trilogy of shows. Where like, you should be right now. <laughs> um, because I've seen a bunch of the OVAs and other content where the blonde space noid villain is simply an archetype. Um, yeah, with like Guineas from uh from eighth ms team or fucking uh like i'm trying to like not really gato yeah not really gato there wasn't really one in stardust memory or more in the pocket really i guess bernie but like bernie is too good for this world right yeah but but i i I, you know um but no like you're it's 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 easier to go like oh another like another like you know blonde yeah no you're right Cause he like, and again, I will, I will, I will further, I will let that, I will, I will ponder on that as I, as I watch Char's counterattack. It's so, I don't know. I, I was, I was like, holy, cause like, Glemmy just is like, oh, I, I'm cool. I can, I can do what Char did. I can, I can be Char. Yeah, he, he's, he's I'm, the I'm Char no of the, he's the, he's the Char of the zombies. Which is inherently makes him not Char, which is the best. Yeah, no, he's, it's literally, for some reason, for some reason, the fucking frame of reference for me in my brain in this moment was the fucking, was the evil Captain Planet made out of trash. <laughs> Captain Pollution? Um, I know his name was, um, it wasn't Captain Pollution, it was something Something just as dumb, but that rolls off the tongue a little better than that, surely. No, it's Captain Pollution. That's sh- what a garbage program. What a fucking. You know what? That's not true. I the 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 Captain Planet the Captain Planet episode of OKKO OK made me love Captain Planet earnestly. Like we need to go back to that innocent, childlike, found because it was it was just so easy, right? It was so easy to care about the planet when you just simplified everything because it is just simple like we live here we should take better care of it like it's okay to have fun goofy kids time with it like because it does it's bad that it's dire it doesn't always have it it shouldn't have to be dire it should be simply hey like let's prioritize the environment first and foremost like it shouldn't be weird or radical to do I I think Captain Planet is more important now than than he ever was. I I think if if Captain Planet like I was thinking about Captain Planet also in the shower because I have my mind just wanders. 
which is weird that we're that we that we're two for two now (laughs) but i was honestly thinking like do you think that like if captain planet was just like a marginally better show in terms like that i the discussion the pop culture discussions of like environmentalism would be like way more positive i think it's hard to envision i think it's hard to envision a good captain planet because it is very much like a a soulless corporate product made to like it's not it's not inspired in the way that it would have had to be like the fucking Ted Turner came up with Captain Planet fucking yeah I mean that that says all that 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 pretty much says it all but it's also the only reason it aired if 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 somebody with the right intentions pitched Captain Planet to a network, they would be laughed out of that building. Uh, like, but Ted Turner says, "I want to make a show about this blue man so that uh, kids put their garbage in the trash." And they said, "Well, you have a billion dollars, so we're gonna." So do you know what you're talking about, yeah. clearly. Then <laughs> something, something, robot chicken sketch. Um, anyway, <laughs> Gundam. I'm just imagining Glemmy like at a hell at like the Neo Zeon Halloween party, and everybody's laughing at him because he went as Captain Planet. <laughs> he went as he went as Captain Zeon. He went as Captain Zeon. Yes. <laughs> God, fuck Glemmy. Glemmy sucks. Is there a fucking Axis? Like, like there's some very small but well funded like space noid studio that made like a gritty Snyder Cut Justice League movie of Captain Zeon. I was going to say like I was just imagining like imagine you're you you live you were like an you were part of Axis like you lived there for like a long time. How long was Axis like I I I have such a such a rough no, notion of of time for Axis Axis. How long were they out there? Uh, they came back to the Earth sphere in 0087, so eight years. Eight years. Okay. Because they left the Earth sphere, and there was people there who were out there longer who were at Axis during the One Year War. Like Haman right. never. Haman lit. Like Haman first saw Earth in in Zeta Gundam. I uh, yeah yeah yeah. Because but like that was more of because like Axis was like a relay point for the Jupiter Energy Fleet. And then eventually, it's beca- and then all the political refugees from from Zeon fled there in the aftermath of the One Year War. But imagine, like you idea. are now living in the Earth sphere, you are just hanging out with other space noids, and you just have like eight years of not knowing any pop culture because you had nothing living out in Mars. Yeah, no, like you don't get like you don't get the TV signals even, like, fucking, or they're, like, however far behind, like. Why? Like, maybe you have some shit that was, like, given to you by, like, survivors of the, of the Delaz fleet from Stardust Memory, who There's also fled to Axis. like, dog, the, the bootleg, the media piracy, it, it has to be lawless there. Like, fucking... You exclusively get your media from some dude selling it out of his trunk. Like, there's no, there's nothing like licensed and imported to to be to be aired to people that far out. Me just thinking about this now explains why everybody in Access is like kind of like this. 
Yeah. No. Yeah. I am. I, yeah. It's great. God, Double Zeta's really. Dude, Double Zeta might be like really good. Double Zeta's really good, but you have to, you have to like make those leaps. You like that? That's kind of the thing. It's like Double Zeta's good when you think about it. It 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 never goes as hard as 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 you want it to on the kind of stuff that can hook a wider, more general audience. Like, I, I love Double Zeta because I am fully bought into the Universal Century as a setting with a history that is constantly in motion. Because my favorite thing to do is draw through lines between events of, in the series. And, like, you know, even if a lot of it is retroactive, because at this point, you know, the, the franchise is now jumping around... So a lot of it is now retroactive, but that's also just as fun. You know, we've talked that's about that That's also how that's just how science fiction works. Yeah, well, that's just how narrative irony works. It's like sometimes, like it's it's not a fucking cinema sins ding when an author makes something happen on purpose in the beginning, specifically so a, an event can happen at the end. That's just writing. Um, <laughs> And also vice versa of, like, explaining something with a flashback because, or, or, or coming up with the ending and going, well, how did we get there? And again, in serialized media, sometimes that's happening live. <laughs> and that's okay. Because it's like, that's the thing about, uh, like, like, Stardust Memory is that it's just like, well, hey. We know that the Titans were created in the, as, a, as a direct reaction to Zeon, so what was the inciting incident that led to the creation of the Titans? Uh, the, 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 the Virgin CinemaSins fan will go, well, how come this happened now when, when this happened before? The Chad fanfic writer will go, I'm about to explain it to you in 30 fucking chapters. <laughs> Church, if you were to write Gundam fanfiction right now, what era would you place it in? That's kind of why... A when... I'm not so sure on a when. Like, wouldn't be like one-year war, first Neo-Zeon war grips conflict between one of these these events? Probably I'm... not. Probably not one-year war, specifically just because, like, who the fuck hasn't? told a goddamn story during the one-year war i could care fucking less um <laughs> um it would have to be like again like i am more concerned on where um the when the when is less important to me i love i really want to invest myself narratively in a setting one because it's it's there's more to work with in terms of like shit that i can do without it without me having to worry about the actual core text um and two because that it's 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 fun and it feels i i can get more invested in it as an author coming up with novel concepts and and, and ideas instead of just like do write writing the the lion king one and a half of gundam <laughs> which you know is valid if you want to do it that 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 can also be fun but I would want to try to come up with something, you know, because it, because it, it, you know, and then when that kind of stuff, 
the existence the existence of that stuff in the canon franchise it, it that's what draws me in that helps flesh things out is because of, like everything affects everything that's that's also a uh i might cut this because we talked about this briefly but uh, the the otsuka ag um theory of narrative consumption where uh-huh. he uses the example of bikurimon which was this like um candy that you would buy that came like it was a chocolate that came with like a sticker that had like a story about who the character on the sticker was on the back of it oh and kids these are like in this is like in the 80s or even in like the 70s but these got so popular that kids would buy them just for the sticker to collect all like however many of them and they'd not even eat the chocolate they could throw it away and so if let's say you are like the 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 you are the bikurimon like dude you owe you own 750 all of every single Bikurimon sticker. You know the whole lore, you know all the characters, you know all of their interpersonal relationships. Who is more qualified to make the next Bikurimon sticker? You <laughs> or somebody in or somebody in an office somewhere? Yep. That is the fundamental reason at the very least from an artistic perspective why I am such a staunch anti-capitalist. Because and that's that that is what art is supposed to be. That like you like fucking like you don't get four without without no one being allowed to own Thor as a concept. Like fucking, I hate it. <laughs> like the hypocrisy. Like the thing that like um because the the Japanese have a term called sekaikon, which just kind of means worldview, and like. Mm-hmm. I they use it a lot in terms of like understanding the Sekai Khan of Gundam, or understanding the Sekai Khan of Bikurimon. <laughs> it, it's it, so it's it's very much like that. But yeah. speaking of speaking of capitalism and model kits and merchandise, let's talk about some robots. Hell yeah, robots! Wow, cool robot. Now for the wow, cool robot segment of this, but we have a lot of robots to talk about. There are and like fucking like they're so cool. They're really cool this time, <laughs> and they always they usually are. But this time, I I just remember the this last batch of episodes. Like every new mobile suit, I was like, that thing fucking whips. <laughs> Look at the shoulders. Yeah. So first up, we have the MS14J Regelgu, which is the Neo Zeon uh, reboot of the Gelgoog. I love it. Literally, they're the only editor's note: bigger shoulders. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a, this is the unicorn version. Of course there's a unicorn. I always forget that there's a unicorn version of every Double Zeta mobile suit, even within the same episode, and every time you show me that, I'm like, oh my goodness, I love it. it, it it's just it's just a Gelgoog, but, like, wider. It's yes. Ilya's mobile suit, specifically. She, and she's they're already chunky boys. Yeah, they're big. Like, this is, I this love is... a Gelgoog. Yeah. I just, I love it. it, it's, it there's no, what, else is there to, what else is there to say? Do you want me to compare it directly to a Gelgoog? Yes, please. Okay, we're gonna bring up a Gelgoog. <laughs> I was too bashful to ask, but I wanted it so bad. Okay, here we go. MS fourteen A Gelgoog. Boom. Oh, okay. That's that's right. Oh, right. Was that one of the ones that was in like the desert? No, this is the double seventy nine Gelgoog. I I know, but what there was among the older one year war mechs in that desert arc of double Zeta. Was there a Gelgoog? I'm about to check, or like, or, or like, it, it was a fake Gelgoog, right? They put the they put the armor of a Gelgoog over just a whatever, just to like fake it. 
I think was there was a there was the desert Zaku. There was also the Dwaj, which was like a desert dom. Hmm. What was the mobile suit of that lady? Of that, like the 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 lady who lived there, but she fell in love with a with a Zeon pilot. What did she? What what was his mech that she piloted? Because she was really mad at Judo. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's not the Desert Zaku. I thought it was just a Gelgu. Masper to, um... I always get, like, the, the the less popular Xeon mechs confused because they're all Cyclopses. Yeah, I think it was just a Gelgu, yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah Masai Nagava, yeah, that's, that was Masai, yeah. Yeah, but but no, yeah, Gelgu's nice, chunky chunky boy. That was this is that was Gatos and this is the unicorn version of the Gelgug. I like it. It looks like I, it looks like it's wearing a romper. It does. I I want a romper that's like has a Gelgug torso pattern on it. I fucking the re Gelgug is just like bitch make yourself wider. Yeah, fucking that that's what that's what it does when it when it feels threatened by predators and it wants to look big. It's, it also it turns, has more it turns of a, red and its shoulders swell up. It has like the back fin, like on the back of its head, like here. It has the mm-hmm. same thing as a Gelgug, but it actually the head itself looks way more Zaku-ish. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it has the commander horn. I'm gonna get so I'm gonna get so into Gunpla one of these days. Next we have the Jamru fin. Yeah, that fucking thing. It was a mobile armor that could transform into a kind of mobile suit. It reminds me of the uh, the Bound Dock a little bit. It looks like a Titans. This looks like a Titans mobile suit. This is something the Titans would come up with. I had that vibe. I, it gave me that vibe for sure. Who designed it? Like, in real life. Mika Akitaka. Maybe they designed some Titan mech. Maybe. I'd have to cross-reference that. All right, cheesecake. You have to get it off. Looks here. like a bird. It does. Looks like a muppet. Looks like an angry muppet. What if fucking? What if Jim Henson Studios, when it still had like dark crystal money to make weird shit, what if it made like a? What if it made like a space opera, but it was entirely muppets? Like all like muppet robot. Like imagine like Henson level quality, but they all kind of look like Tom Servo and like Crow. Yeah, but also, like, so basically, like, what if, like, okay, I guess what I'm actually saying is, like, what if Star Wars had no humans? Based. Based and also would solve so much of my problem with how that franchise feels about colonialism. <laughs> they so, think it's okay. Uh, <laughs> next, we have the Shurzrum Dios, or the Sturm Dios. Tall. It looks like the Rick Dios. I like it. Yeah, he has like he has huge back mounted cannons. I, can, can we can we zoom in on it? Its its shoulders have made the the full profile so hard to take in. Well, not the shoulders, yeah. the big guns on its back. There we go. It's as far as I can zoom in. I okay. like it. It's 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 a lot less. I mean, it's 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 a very flashy color, but its silhouette is just a lot simpler than than other than like other like like more Z- typical Xeon stuff. I'm surprised the Ayug wasn't manufacturing these because they used a shitload of Rick Dioss's. But I think the Rick Dioss was actually, like, if I remember correctly, the design of the Rick Dioss was stolen from, like, Axis and then re- re- like revamped and, like, 
judged by a by Anaheim. Because <laughs> I think Char was just like, "Hey, I got these like mobile suit plans." Sick. It's double eighty five. I arrived. <laughs> I a you good time. Here we go. Trust me. Here's mobile suits. That's really all I really got to say on the Sturm Dios. He didn't show up a lot either. There wasn't a lot of these guys. No. Next up is the Gazom. No, we've seen this guy. Next up is the Ag guy. Mm, this one's weird. Yeah, it was a um, it was from the Mobile Suits variation line before it showed up in Double Zeta, which was like this was a. Uh... Mm, this was kind of like a. Uh... Like, one of just the weird experimental Xeon mobile suits that didn't really see too much action in the one-year war. Yeah, seems like it. Well, because this is the one that that, that fucking... That that gross man had, right? Yeah, the, um... Don yeah. Corneo. Um... Yeah, basically. Stampa Haloy. Yeah, right. Stampa. Yeah, he had one of these. Because I guess he collects weird mobile suits. colony. Next up is the Gay Malk, which was Chara Soon's last mobile suit. I like this thing. It's fucking covered in guns. It's, yeah, it's very Macross. It is. It's very, it's very Chara. Mm-hmm. It's gaudy. It, it's, uh, covered in cannons. <laughs> Just explodes. Yeah. Bullets uh, spill out of it much in the way her breasts do out of her top. <laughs> At all times. Next up we have her two simps, Lance and Knee, with the Gaz with the Gaz L and the Gaz R. I I appreciate I appreciate uh, like the symmetry gimmick. Like I I I love like a, a red and blue parallel. I'm a sucker for that shit. It's why I like Dante and Virgil. It's why I like fucking the the firefighter mechs from Gal Gagar. Uh, they're great. Love them. I'm glad that, but I'm also glad. Like I, I'm fine with the screen time that those two got. <laughs> yeah, they 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 weren't um, they weren't really. Yeah, they 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 serve their purpose. Yeah, they seem to be derivative of the Galbaldi Beta. Hmm. Which was a uh, Xeon mobile suit that didn't quite see much action. This was an er- this was used early on in Zeta by the Titans. Like Lila, Myla, Ryra had one. <laughs> this is just one of the many like Earth Federation appropriated Xeon suits. Next up, we got a good one. We got the Peru's Cubile, Peru Two's Cubile, the red one. I fucking love a good Cubile. Cubile Mark Two Unit Two. It's just such, it's, it's red. It's a fucking hot rod. I, I, like Love I always it. say, you should get a master grade Haman Cubile and then get high grades of the Peru ones. Yeah, don't ever talk to me or my daughters ever again. <laughs> and then get a big, like, God, like, if the dream would be to get the animation cell of Haman's fucking new type stand coming out of the back of the cubile and, and like and like bl- bl- like however big it is just like put put it behind just like frame it and stage it behind the the cubile oh my god that's a haman shrine right there 
that's powerful and i need i need to do it like even if i can't get the animation cell i need to like make i need to like get like that recreate print. that in like illustrator or something i'll i'll fucking commission i'll commission someone to make like a really uh, I'll, I'll commission someone to make a large print like a like a nice like a watercolor rendering Ooh, i was gonna say like a huge vector would be cool mm, no it's too smooth i need to be able to fucking i need to feel it Next up, we have Mashmere's final mobile suit, the Zaku 3 Custom. I love this thing. Love this thing. It's, 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 for, like, because, because so many Xeon mechs just end up looking like, oh, it's kind of like a Zaku, but I love that the actual Zaku follow-up, like, stands, like, stands up on its own. Like, it's doing its own thing, and I love it so much. I like how it's like a, also like not a really mass produced like the Zaku three is a badass suit. Yeah, the yeah like the, they were like okay like I don't care like somebody said someone said I truly I'm done like I'm tired of people shitting on the Zaku I'm tired of it I don't care if we can't afford to make a lot of these I'm making a good Zaku I'm making the Zaku that fucking works like this motherfucker wanted to redeem the Zaku so bad. It, it's so good to the point that it ha- that it's uh, Mashmere's go-to suit in Extreme Versus. It's it's a co- th- that's the thing. It's a contender. It's out there. It's scrapping with the best of them. You can do some shit in a Zaku three. We have one more that I forgot. Where is it? We got to talk about the Dovin Wolf. That just looks like it's in a completely different fucking anime. That's the, uh... Yeah, so this is... there. It does not show up in Unicorn, but it does show up in the Unicorn uh, Mobile Suits variants. I prefer that design. Whoa! This is the Gundam Evolve version. So it's a CGI render. This is apparently a derivative of the Gundam Mark V, which was a Titans design that never saw too much use. Well, Two no. of them were a couple of them were assembled. One was given, one was acquired by Karaba and given to Amuro, but it's unknown if he used it. He's so he might have been sad in it. And then there was one used by one of the main antagonists of Gundam Sentinel, oh. a Gundam Mark V. But then it was one of them was also given was taken to Neo Zeon. And they ma- they reverse engineered it and made a ton of these. This is what Rockon uh, uses as his final mobile suit. Fuck yeah! And apparently, a guy named Warlock Benham in Mobile Suit Gundam Last Sun, which is a manga. Hmm. It's sort of a unicorn spinoff. Okay, cheesecake. Please stop making all this noise. This does not make for good audio. I know you want attention right now, but you gotta wait. Alright. Finally, we got three more to go. Bam! The Queen Mansa. Love it. Which was, Love this uh, fucking thing. Peru 2's big, gigantic fuck-off mobile suit. I I think this is, like... it It's it's like a, it's a sister to the Cuba. Basically, it's like someone smashed a Cubelay and the Psycho Gundam into a, into a single mobile suit. I was gonna say the the, the Cubelay and the fucking um, like 
like a fucking like a mobile like one like one of the mobile armors from from fucking uh OHMS team. Oh, like like what like the fucking what were those called? The uh Absolus. The Absolus, yeah. Um I yeah, I dig it. I like its Gundam head. Yeah, I I I I like that. I I like how much it has visibly going on like underneath like the the big shoulders like on the ends like up on up under them i think those are like beam sabers yeah i like it's i like it's fucking uh dunbine feet yeah it does have dunbine feet it also just covered in like laser cannons of course you have to glemmy dies in this thing so it's good inefficient it is simply inefficient to have uh, to have a blank area on your mobile suit that cannot be filled by some form of uh, laser or projectile. It's just, it's free real estate. Yeah, the thing just rules. Also done by uh, Mika, by Mika Akitaka using, like, all of their designs. Nice. Finally, we have the enhanced double Zeta, which Judo gets really, really late in the series. Yeah. I was kind of shocked. Uh, it was. It's not too big of a redesign. I mean, I can compare it to the original Double Zeta if you want. So yeah, it's. I. I really just thought they. They just took the. They just took the normal. Uh, Double Zeta and slapped some more shit on top of it. Like the the beam sabers just literally look longer. Like the hilt. Yeah, the beam sabers, the the large beam sabers already look a little bigger. It has a huge larger backpack unit. Basically, what they did was they decided that they just got rid of the core block system and physically glued it together to give it more stability. Yeah, and, and I guess that's fine. Like I, I will say that that um my friend Rat she did tell me that like oh yeah at some point they just they just get rid of they just get rid of the the triple combining aspect gimmick. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, I'm glad they ended up doing it much later than I was expecting, because I do like the gimmick. Um, you know, hey, hello, it's me, the Getter fan. Um, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I don't, I don't really have an opinion on it. I, I barely regard it as its own legitimate mobile suit. It's well, it only exists so that they could so that they could make the full armor double Zeta on top, so they could attach all this shit to the double Zeta. I earnestly dislike it. You'd so not not a fan of the full armor. It again, Me. like it fucking at least if you're gonna do that, then go, then then I'll give it to. I would rather give it give that idea of an upgrade to to stardust like just go just go whole hog just make the thing you're attaching to it bigger than the gundam like fuck it like maximize in um let me see if i can find it uh manga novels inside stories gundam sentinel here we are in gundam sentinel they have many different variations of the Kept going out of have many different variations of the Zeta and the double Zeta. Well not double not many of the double Zeta, but 
they did have the fonts, which was this. Damn. Which was essentially uh of it. It's not as powerful as the double zeta, but was made as a test bed for the full armor system. So it didn't like the, the the big cannon at the head, at the top of the head wasn't functional like the like the double zeta, and it lacked a lot of the features like the core block system. But they made up for it by giving it this gigantic fuck off cannon. <laughs> and there's a master grade of this thing too. And apparently, it's not the fazz; it's the fuzz. <laughs> fuzz. The fuzz. Hey. But this thing fucking rules. There's also a mobile there's also a gun a Gundam in uh Moon Gundam, if I can find it. Moon, moon, moon. I'm gonna control F Moon. Control F the moon. No, not not Moon Crisis. I need Moon Gundam. Yeah, mobile suit moon gundam. Here we go. I'd love to have a moon crisis. That's what I call my period. Theta Plus. Which is its own new mobile suit. The Theta Plus. This thing looks sick. God. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not an Alpha or an Omega. I'm a Theta. I'm a Theta male. <laughs> well, because it, it's cool, because there was the Delta Plus, which, because the Delta Gundam was the original idea for the, uh, the Hyakushiki. Mm-hmm. But then when Camille pretty much pantsed the Anaheim engineers with uh, with the Zeta Gundam, they were like, oh shit, that transformation gimmick makes way more sense than ours. <laughs> so then they just kind of shift the Hyakushiki without it. So the Delta Gundam really never got made. So then eventually in Unicorn, they made the Delta Plus, which was a, um improved version of the theoretical, you know, Delta Gundam that was never made. So I guess the Theta Gundam was like them doing that with the thoughts. Huh. Or the Theta Plus. But just all derivative of this boy. I do like, I like the full armor double Zeta. I, I like, I like big crazy full armor things because it's like, all this shit comes off. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Hmm. I forget. Do we get, do we, do we visibly see the double Zeta put that shit on? No, it's kind of just on, and then Apollo's like, hey, I equipped the full armor system, and Judo's like, why are you pulling this shit on the double Zeta? That's why. I need, like, Devin, I'm, I'm, I'm a super robot woman. I need, and I need a fucking animation sequence. I need a transformation sequence. I need the, the henshin. Well, I, I don't even think that's a super robot wor- robot thing. What you need is you're also a real robot fan. You need a dope-ass docking sequence. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the sa- that's the same thing. That's just what each genre calls it. Because <laughs> what you need is the Zeta to launch, the double Zeta to launch out, and then for, like, a poly to launch out an additional thing that connects with the Zeta, <laughs> with the double yeah, Zeta. Yeah, and I need, like, I need, like, somebody on the bridge approving the, the docking sequence and, like, fucking... <laughs> Calibrating laser connections! Go! <laughs> Yeah, I I need the final. I need I need the final fusion approved. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> but I I like the, I like the, this I like this render of the enhanced double Zeta at least. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, it's a nice that's a that's a nice one. Is that like I don't know what I'm that's ass- from. <laughs> I'm assuming it's from double Zeta. No, oh, yeah. Like... But yeah, that's I guess that's it for mobile suits, and we can move on to the uh, the show at large. 
I, I, I will say this for, for like the three series is in like after after such a such humble beginnings with 0079 like people have learned how to animate robots oh yeah they look beautiful in this show. I, I honestly think some of the animation like the way they draw mobile suits and some of the battles look better in the late portions of this than they did in like zeta i i, I try so hard to not be a purist about things and to just understand that like it Devin I just want I just want Mecha to be fucking traditionally animated again I really like I, I, I I'm once again I'm, so I can't bad. I cannot wait to watch Unicorn with you because I like the compromise Unicorn has I like I like the way Unicorn looks better than I than uh, Origin, mm-hmm. even though it had the same director. Mm-hmm. And from what I've seen of Hathaway, it looks like they're doing something similar to the way Origin was animated. Unicorn was animated, where it seems that like certain certain things are CGI, but like a lot of the time it's like CGI that's been drawn over. Yes, like the CG is a reference. Like they're using that as an animatic to then yes, and that because like that's in Unicorn, when the Unicorn Gundam sure. has its really con- complex, like its armor shifting into Gundam mode, mm-hmm. or it's it like when it's in Unicorn mode or Destroy mode, like all that is CGI. But you can tell that a lot of it's drawn over. Like the the model had no texture, and they drew that all on. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how you like that because I like that a lot. I'm sure I think it's fine. Again, like. That's one of the reasons I'm not beating this drum so hard all the time is like, you know, like the CG has also gotten to a point where it also looks fine. I'm fine with it, but it's like I want variety. Like I I miss I miss fucking just appreciating the fucking the fucking skill of the and, and also like the limitations of human of the human hand. You know? Like I, I use Origin as a good as an example because even though I'm not a fan of the fact that all the mobile suits are CG, my my fa- some of my favorite uses of CG in anime are in Gundam Origin, where like there's that really good shot of like when Amuro first arrives with his dad uh, at side seven, mm-hmm. and it like it has this huge panning shot of him turning around and then it zooms out and shows the whole colony under construction. Like, you couldn't do that with, with just 100% traditional animation, but that, in that sequence, that's what CGI should be for, for the things you can't do. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, but, and, 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 you know, that's that's just how tools work. Like, you don't need, you don't need one creative tool or, or medium to, to, to do it all, because, like, it's, like, it's the future. You can just do it all in one thing. Everything can everything can play its part, you know? Especially in something like animation. Especially in something like animation where there are so many disparate parts that have to come together harmoniously already, even before CG is even is a twinkle in someone's eye. Um just adding something else onto there just is no different. It's just new. Relative. Well, are you ready to, to put the put the pin in Double Zeta and finish out these ten episodes? Pushiga, <laughs> 
to prevent a colony drop, evacuated as many people as they could, and are now heading back into space after the death of Pudu. I I do want to... My first note is, like, my biggest note about that whole sequence of events is just, like, one, wow, another colony drop. Two, what do you mean they didn't stop it? Three, uh, I feel like no one in universe i feel like everybody is so numb to a colony drop at this point that it's not it's just sort of like ah damn <laughs> fuck really didn't want that colony to drop oh well fucking <laughs> how, how next... many are we how many are we at we got operation british we have operation stardust i think this is three we had one dropped we had, a we had one dropped on the moon by mm -hmm. the titans yeah but the fed but the au managed to redirect that so it didn't hit anything um, it's just, yeah, because I, I think at this point, it's just sort of a, an assumed part of mass warfare, of just, like, even, like, even our homes have been weaponized. That fucking like, sucks for space noids. That, yeah, no, they can't have anything. They can't have anything. That fucking sucks for space noids, dude. And like that's and that that's something that that judo calls out all the like all all the Ayug for because all their leadership are all people who live on the moon. So it's like you guys aren't even like colonists. You're just lunarians. You're like you You're guys not just from have here. Your, you guys just have like sure you guys are space noise, but like the moon is pretty cush compared to living out in the colonies. Yeah, it's it's like you know, you're all bankrolled by Anaheim. Like, if you live on the moon, you you work for Anaheim in some capacity, and you're paid well. It's like, oh, hey, I'm a, I'm a member of the LGBT community. Like, yeah, you're also, like, a millionaire living in L.A. F go, shut up. <laughs> no one cares. What you I understand the struggle. <laughs> oh, yeah, you went through, you went through so much to end up bootlicking. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because, like, I raised this about the AU last time, just, like, it really just feels like they just, un like, without really doing anything officially, just sort of became another arm of the Federation without really asking anybody if that was okay to do. Well, I think, I think this is also a prop, like, all the actual revolutionaries are dead, the 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 compromise of the Ayug was always that they were funded by Anaheim, so they were they were funded directly by the military industrial complex. 
Yep. And now it's just all that's left is Anaheim. Yep. Yeah, they're they're basically now just like like Anaheim vaporware. <laughs> they're they're Anaheim they're the remnants of Anaheim's PMC. Yeah, 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 yeah. They have ceased being a revolutionary organization and are now just what's left of Anaheim's PMC. God, I need like a I need like a Metal Gear Solid Five style, like, like like space war type game where your mother base that you take like shuttles back to is like a big Argama style cruiser. So would you make it so that the entire game is managing that and then you're and then like micromanaging who you send on missions and then it's not really you doing the missions it's all just the like you would go through the mother base side of things but then make that the core part of the gameplay. You could you could also but like that you could do that it, you would also be able to be like the char type leader who is who is doing the big missions. You know what? If you add some roguelike elements into this like some some light roguelike elements, mm-hmm. you can make it so that your like your hero character, like anytime you send anybody out, like permadeath is like a factor that you have to consider. Mm-hmm. So like if your char does die, you just got to keep going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the plot yes. will change around that. Absolutely, we just made the best game ever. Boom, video game. That's the that's a game I would play in a heartbeat. It's that Sorry, easy, kids. It's that easy, kids. You think of the video game, other stuff happens, boom, video game. We got it. That's a better game than anything AAA is coming out in the next three years. A- absolutely, but also, like, it, I hate when I think of, I hate when I think of good video game ideas that literally only AAA could fund, and they never will. No, if you made this look like a PS1 game, but it played like a modern game, you could, like, 20 people could make this. That's, oh, no, that's true. Like, you can make this look like a Dreamcast game. You could have real, like, you could have You could develop it for the Sega Dreamcast, which people still do. You could, like, literally, I'm envisioning that, like, all the characters are rendered as sprites, like a Super Robot Wars cutscene, and all the gameplay is rendered as, like, it looks like like a 90s arcade game. Like, with, like, the, the way the, the scene... I, I think that's how we, we we simultaneously use video games to fight capitalism while still producing physical video games. We simply make video games exclusively for out-of-date consoles. Yeah, it's you the best You can develop idea. for the Sega Dreamcast. You can develop for the Game Boy. You can develop for all of these things, and no one's going to care because no one's making money off of them anymore. But people still own these consoles, and people can't afford the brand new console. People can't find the new consoles, even if they could afford them. The economy is broken. We have to, if we're going to keep playing video games, we cannot be a part of it. Speaking of, with with uh, corporate compromises, uh, the nail argama, in general. How sad were you? So the the Ayug leave the Argama on Earth for for Karaba to use, mm-hmm. and like Bright, you can tell is pretty sad about it. Yeah, but the Argama has seen some shit by this point. I think Bright, in many ways, through through Double Zeta, can be seen as like 
the surrogate audience of, but of specifically like zeta and 0079 like diehards like the people like the people who maybe are ha- are having the hardest time jiving with double zeta like i feel like bright speaks to them a lot probably when he's not you know cheating on his wife <laughs> when he's no when, when, no when he's not thinking of cheating about his wife <laughs> never actually does he the the first time he sees his wife in years the first thing out of her mouth so uh who's emily (laughs) (laughs) and like he just (laughs) just the worst possible most awkward response don't worry she's dead (laughs) don't worry she's dead oh my god (laughs) so meanwhile we we see um we meet Ilya for the first time, and Mashmir's sitting on his ship, and he's just like, I don't deserve this rose anymore because I did a gen. I did a war crime. Mm. But he's doing it in the most Mashmir way possible. Like, still, like, romanticizing the idea of, like, I my, my, my honor has been tainted by doing this. Yeah, he's still fighting the good fight. He's, he's still bought in. Love him. But, uh, yeah, no, because, uh, he, off camera, off camera, they were making him a cyber new type. Yeah, he got fully cyber new typed out by, um, by Haman, as did, uh, Chara, I think. It's, it's honestly, like, I've never really talked on this, but, like, now that it's become such a thing that, like, character, because, like, this is the first time we've seen, we've gotten significant time to get to know somebody for the process we're introduced to so many characters and the only perspective we get of them is as cyber new types it can be hard to keep in mind that like oh this was something that was done to them um yeah he he's he's very clearly not the same man who pushed glemmy comedically off of his like out of his way when he wanted when he exited stage right yeah when we saw him like 30 episodes ago and and not only that not only that, we as the audience have never seen that process. I don't fucking know what the fuck, like, I don't know what they're physically even doing to them. Like, it, like with, like, I don't know what the process is. I think it's, uh, from, according to Zeta, I think it had a lot to do with, like, experimental, like, like drugs being injected into you and, like, you're subjected to different kind of, like, you know, brain surgeries. Maybe, like, cyborg machinery is put inside your brain. Yeah, just, like, something to... Probably something to fuck with, like, your like your your pattern and your waves and such. Because, like... Hormone levels, like, brain, d- brain chemical levels. Despite the fact that Mashmir still is just as, like, extra and obsessed with his, like, knighthood as he always is, he's, like, far more brutal and ruthless. It's like a fucking psychotropic steroid like basically he's not as like he's not as like you know unstable as like even like Pudu, but like like I, i'd say like on the cyber new type spectrum of like stability like i'd say like four is like middle stability rosamia is like max instability and then Pudu and mashmir are like closer to like stability yeah they basically they just they have episodes like, Mashmir, it just, it seems that his personality just has been, like, 
cranked up to 11 and his morals are like less defined yeah he's and like yeah like there's there's even more like because he he was already an individual who like you know uh rejects your reality and substitutes his own (laughs) so he almost took to it so the uh ayug when everyone arrives up they're like oh hey we're back at the lobby and rose millie um emily and madchar are back and they're like, hey, guys, you have a brand new ship. And everyone's like, whoa, the nail Argama. And it's like this massive battleship. Like a bigger, it, the thing is like, I think like two, like a whole third bigger than the Argama was. Yeah, that, it's unfortunate how hard it is to convey that scale. I didn't really get a vibe for exactly how different the nail Argama was. Because it's like, yep, that's another big space boat with the same rough, outline and color palette like i guess that's cool i i you know it has three things coming out it has three mobile suit launch catapults as opposed to two nice even though it only has like pokemon even though it only has like three mobile suits yeah right everybody gets their hey everybody gets their own room (laughs) and so and so uh by Mad Charge is like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, all the kids are gone. We, we have these new guys from Anaheim who are going to be the crew of the Nail Argama, and you're going to be yeah, the Captain Bright. Like, everyone's fired except for Bright. We need him here. And, Br- and I like how Bright pretty much has everybody's back on this. Yeah, Bright's like, that's like Bright's like that's the final straw. I've, I've fucking... I, I, I've... <laughs> I've licked a lot of boot in my day. <laughs> Not this time. Not this time. Because Bryce just like these kids have like far more combat experience than like any of these jabronis that you just plucked out of like Anaheim, out of like yeah, Anaheim's like, work all staff. Of, like all of these fuckers are so green. Like I, I can't work with this. Like Hamban would just look at them and they would burst into flames. Yeah, right. Like we're gonna give this dude with a mustache the double zeta. Fuck that. So. So like basically the basically the the double zeta kids pretty much like mutiny and steal it from Anaheim Electronics. Yeah, they fucking listen. They came they showed up to steal Gundams. I, I like how even when they're on the bridge of it, like Beach and Mondo are like, oh my god, how much can we hawk this for? Yeah, right? They just they just can't they can't not. <laughs> Like that—that's—that's that's my favorite thing. Is like so—it's so common. I mean, just in narratives like this in general, for like characters to like quote unquote grow in some significant way. It's like dog, like, like nothing, nothing was super fundamentally flawed in like a big way about any of these kids' like life outlooks. Like they just, you know, they just have—they just have more experience now. But like they're fundamentally the same exact people and like they never lost they never lost themselves in this war um and that's like that's one of the reasons that's 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 why they're so endearing to me like you know like if if it was a weaker if they had weaker arcs like i would be sick of their shit so quick 
it's like come on like we, we, we've been out of shangri-la for how long now and they're still kind of acting like a bunch of fucking it's like, been 30 junk, goddamn junk episodes fucks. but they're but they're but they're so precious as Junkrat chuckle fucks. I don't want them to be anything else. That's who they are. They're the best. They're the best. They're they're the best chuckle fucks. Rue agrees. I love them. I love, like I love cuz she I love she she's she, she's like a soldier in this war again, but then she like she meets these guys and be like, "I'm vibing with them actually. I'm going to be rude now." <laughs> Because I like, I I wonder how. Because I never think about Rue. Because I wonder how much Rue saw any active combat during the Grips conflict. Because Rue is like probably the probably old... not. Because like, I I guess because Ru, Rue is like I think eighteen. She's in as the oldest member of the cast. Wow. Aside from like Bright. But like Rue is, Rue is the oldest one out of all of them. So she's basically Camille's age. Hmm. So I'm wondering. She, I don't think she saw any direct combat, but I guess she was maybe trained to. Right. She probably had like VR training or something like that, or like sim training. Yeah. But I think I think she relates probably to them more than she related to anybody that she was interfacing with the Ayug. Yeah, absolutely. Like she met them at the right time in her life. And she's also a space noider from the moon. We don't. We're not. We don't get much Ruback story, which is a, sh- a shame. Yeah. No, she's great. Maybe that's the fanfic you write. What was Rue doing during Zeta? Fuck yes, that's exact. Yes, it's uh kissing girls. <laughs> what is Rue like? Was was Rue at like some sort of like prep like preppy federation like mobile suit academy and then like dropped out to go join the AUG? Uh, yeah, I would fucking. <laughs> I would need to rewatch Double Zeta specifically for Rue. Uh, I would need to like. I, I would need to, like, nail down her character a lot better than I did trying to just get a little bit of everything this time around. Um, but no, I could absolutely have a lot of fun with her. Rue is great. I really like Rue. I, I, she, like, I, I, I think this cast is, like, the cast is what holds this show together. <coughs> because I think the cast is definitely the best part. And if the cast was not as good as they were, the show would fall the fuck apart. She and I think so mostly... much of your... Sorry, finish your thought. I was gonna say, I think so much of your, of like, your enjoyment, like you as in like who I'm listening to, hinges on how much you like the cast. And if you can't stand the cast of Double Zeta, then you're not gonna be able to stand this show. For sure. Um, fuck, oh yeah, uh, I was gonna ask, she primarily pilots the Zeta? Yeah, she pilots the Zeta, mostly. Because they do, yeah, and, and like, Part of me appreciates that this show, honestly, more than other ones, like, understands, understands even Gundams to be, like, vehicles, like, weapons, and it's like, you know, we all have people with piloting experience, like, pick one, you know? On the other hand, I do miss, I, I do miss the aesthetic of seeing the space battle and inherently knowing who is in what vehicle, right? It's just like it—it it makes it more fun and interesting narratively to follow when everybody. Is well, because like, I think I think this has that because it's like the only one that gets bopped around a lot is the Hyakushiki between Beachai and Mondo. Like nine times out of ten, L is in the Mark II, it's Judo in the Double Zeta, and then like 
uh, Rue in the Zeta. I guess so. I, 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 I don't know what... I don't know what makes me feel... I think it was just the fact that, like, the Hyakushiki showed up again, and for a really long time, it just sort of got relegated... For, for, for a minute, it got kind of... Rele- in the beginning, it got kind of relegated to just, like, whoever needs... You know, it, it's like the 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 other one. If somebody else needs to be in this space, well, they'll pile the Yakushiki. I'm like the Yakushiki deserves way more than that. Yeah, the Yakushiki um, deserves. But I wish they just were like, here, here, hey, here's another Mark II. Eh. I don't know, because or like, you know, I like that each one. I like that the Yakushiki is there. I I would I I would rather this than the Yakushiki not be there at all. Um, but. But yeah, like, well, because like, when you have a consistent a consistent pilot, then you have a familiar. Then that pilot has a familiarity with it, and you can uh, you can justify it doing cooler shit other than pretty much just being another another high powered mobile suit out there just for numbers. Um, man, I guess well, I mean, we're, you know we'll get to that we'll get to the end of it but it's like fucking i don't i that is one strike against it is like i don't know maybe it's good maybe maybe that's one way it avoids the wow cool robot thing but like i don't know i i have a soft spot for like i have like i have a soft spot for the for the mobile suits when when they're that like iconic and important to the well i mean like i bet i bet like I mean, I'm, I'm sure people feel the same way. Like, I mean, like, let's say you're, like, a fighter pilot and or, like, even somebody who drives your... Just even with you with your car. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. I feel that way about, like, my car. Um, but also, these are, like... <laughs> these are, like, war machines. Because so. <laughs> um. I was I was thinking about that. I remember we had a conversation about, like, Ko and, and Keith in... Uh... 0083 and how you were you were kind of objecting to their love of mobile suits but i i was thinking i was like man i wonder how many people who just genuinely love aviation get into the military because the only people who are making like the best of the best planes are using them for only for warfare so the yeah. only way you can ever see that kind of technology that you love so much and love to study is in that it's in that environment right and I think that's what and I think that's what Keith and Co were like is like we just love mobile suits, dude. So we joined the army to go play with mobile suits, and that's why they, and we we got and we got shipped off to be test pilots at this backwater location in in like Australia where we never have to actually fight anybody. And then the plot happens. It's true, the plot but, does happen. But I was just thinking about that in terms of like you know I feel I feel there's like there is a special bond between man and machine that like goes a little unstated. I have sentimental attachment to my computer, like even though the fact that what is that like Daedalus's ship that like if you keep replacing boards on it is it still the same thing? But like yes. I don't like to think about that because I get sad because I'm like oh man I have a completely different computer than I've ever had. It's this it's the same thing. We have the capacity to to bestow souls upon things. I mean that's that's like a core tenant of like Japanese mythology and yokai and stuff like that. I like that shit, or just or just not even specifically that, but like any facet of any facet of worldview that allows of sekaikon, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like the, the, the anthropomorphization of the world around us because it helps to. It's you know 
it's no better it's no it it's no worse of an explanation for like the cosmic coincidence of causality other than just well there's too many variables and sometimes weird shit happens uh yeah nah man that that umbrella's got an eyeball and it hops around uh <laughs> but uh at this time uh Mashamir launches an attack on the uh nail argama Judo mm-hmm. duels with Ilya, which, and I think the, one of the coolest parts of this episode is uh, how he beats her. Where he, like, undocks the core fighter of the Mark II, you know, of the uh, Double Zeta, and, like, makes it, and, like, rests it, the legs and the top on a, uh, on an asteroid, and then, yes. like, manages to catch her off guard. That shit was cool. I'm glad. I wish the they other, did more that, shit like that. That Yes, I, I do wish they did more shit like that, but I appreciate that they never really stopped. It was they were just few and far between. But I do love that Judah never lost that like he never got bogged down by, you know, the dance of battle. He's like, no, I'm Judah is never not like there are no rules. We're fighting and I'm not gonna let you kill me. So if I have to do some off the wall goofy shit to live that's just how my life has been since I've been, like, a child. So, I don't care if this is war, and, like, oh, we gotta, like, duel or whatever, and, like, be strategic and play fucking mind chess. We No, I'm just gonna fucking, like, oh, my, my mobile suit can be in two places. That's, it's really easy to fuck with you if I can do that. <laughs> I love it. It, it was like great. It was like um, it's like you said. The I forgot what you were talking about. Vanilla versus GJ, where it was just like, G, like Vanilla would just kick GJ in the nuts, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Or like I like I think about that comparing Judo and Camille as like pilots, whereas like I think they they would be like an equal quote unquote power level because like maybe Camille is a better pilot on paper, but Judo has like this weird like unorthodox style of like resource like unorthodox resourcefulness yeah 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 yeah. like he he he's more able to think of off the wall shit because he's not concerned with like what he's quote-unquote supposed to be doing like camille wants to do a good job piloting the zeta um uh like, Judao's already doing goofy shit around his colony in those little, like, one-man, like, walker things or whatever. The little mini-mobile suits. Yeah, like, with without a normal suit on. Like, <laughs> as a civilian, just doing outlandish shit. Like, taking on mobile suits without, just as himself and, like, a fucking grappling hook or whatever. Just, like, climbing mobile suits and shit. Throwing like, bottles of sand at fucking Mashmir's face. He does, like, he's a survivor. You cannot kill him. I think you'd also really like the main character of Gundam X, because he's basically Judo, too. Tudo. His name is Gerard Rand. I'm sorry, one more time? Gerard Rand. Gerard Rand? Yeah. Wow. Gundam X is a fun time. We'll get to that one it's eventually. My favorite Flock of Seagulls song. <laughs> and so, uh, the episode ends. Judo like, manages to, like, 
undo her cockpit and they have a conversation and her rose gets ruined that, that Mashmere gave her and the episode ends with like Mashmere being like oh my god like Mashmere crestfallen at the state of his rose while uh Bright and Chinta and Kum are uh left behind as the Lavian Rose and the Nail Argama now commit now captained by Beecha launch off into the in, towards court towards side three to go confront Haman fuck yeah the next episode kind of was just another double Zeta episode. It had the Jamaru Finns where like, here's a weird group of guys who are like, all have the same mobile suit with Mashmere continuing to hound the Nail Argama. But the main through line of that episode was, um, was Beecha learning to be a captain and like gaining everybody's respect as a captain. Yeah. He gained my respect. And it's like, Emily actually gives good advice to him. Huh. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> like, I, I, I honestly, like, I, I like how Bright's kind of, you know, mindset on this, where it's just like, man, these kids in a couple, like, high, like, high-performance, badass mobile suits are going out in a single ship to go end a military uprising. Well, you know what? It's, it's worked so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he like it it's really he's in over his head and and I truly believe and he normally is and I think that's the only reason he continues to get into these into these situations cuz it's just like well who the fuck else has any ex- bright is the bright is the man in the federation who has experience going through shit that no one should ever be expected to have to put up with in their military career. He just knows how to operate in that chaos. (laughs) Even if it's different chaos every time, it's like, well, I'll think of something. (laughs) I'm bright. I love, um, another part of this episode that I really liked was how there was the, the Sturm Dias squadron was, like, all one-year war veterans, and they were like, we don't trust, we, like, Mashmere doesn't know what he's talking about, we don't take orders from him, and then, like, Ilya just casually kills their leader. Fuck. And blames on the Aeugt in order to, like, squash whatever mutiny there is. Yeah, that was metal as hell. And at this one point, Judo also, like, he, t- he hears, like, Lena's voice at one point in battle. And that's when Judo is just like, oh, Lena's alive, I know it. Yeah, and he dis- he makes this decision, uh, immediately normalizes it, uh, and doesn't really bring it up with anybody else. <laughs> he doesn't need to. He doesn't need- I mean, <laughs> I don't know, he might- <laughs> Because obviously everybody immediately thinks he has, like, somehow, like, traumatized himself so hard that he's just, like, rewritten his memory and is, uh, like, in denial about Lena's death. But because of that, no one really talks to him about it because it's such a sore subject. It's like, oh, I guess he's still going through stuff. I'll just ignore it. Like... So I guess on that level, yeah, like, nobody, like, 
nobody really gives him that opening to be like, huh? Oh, no. Oh, you haven't heard? Uh, the next episode is uh, the start of what I call the Revenge of Moon Moon arc. Hell yeah. Uh, in this one, the Nail Argama are like celebrating because, or like, well, at least Beecha is celebrating because they finally outran Mashmir and his Endra too. But uh, Taurus is just like, nah, man, he kind of like let us go. Like he still would be chasing us. He Like we didn't really do anything special. He just kind of stopped chasing us. So, they come across a group of, of like, old-ass Zaku-2s that are just taking pot shots at really old-looking cargo ships. And so, they, they, they chase off the Zaku's, and, uh, which, but the Zaku's were actually not, like, trying to hit them. They were just taking pot shots. Like, making it look like they were taking shots. Yeah. And they, they, they abscond while the, uh, Argama lets, like, you know, takes in the, the cargo ship, which is full of refugees from Side 3, as well as a ton of people from fucking Moon Moon. Yeah, I, it, it, at first, their plan just seemed like a pretty simple, like, you know, oh, we're gonna act like we're attacking this thing, but then, like, the, the longer the whole thing went on, the more I was like, this plan feels more convoluted than they intended. <laughs> I, I think... Because, like, I was not sure if there were actually any refugees, but I think there were legitimate refugees and Haman just smuggled herself inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I, yeah. Like, I, I, what would have been insane is if then, like, all of them, like, ripped off their, like, tattered refugee rags and all had, like, Xeon, like, uniforms underneath. <laughs> that would have been a buff clan plan. Yeah, no. And then Haman didn't know. And Haman didn't know. What do you think of Haman's disguise? I kind of love Haman's disguise. It's it's good, and yet somehow I still knew it was her. But it is a good disguise. Like I I I think I I told you that earlier. I told you that before off mic. I was like, when the first time you see her on screen, they just pan over the crowd. Like like it doesn't linger on her. Like the it's not trying to communicate that like oh this could this is someone you know to the audience. It just pans really quick, and I see her for an instant, and I'm like. Was that Haman? <laughs> and it could have easily not been. I, I thought I was tripping for a sec. And then I was like, oh, no. Yep, no, that's Haman. Uh, the rest of this episode has, like, one of Haman's, like, la- one of Haman's, like, lady spies goes out there and, like, throws her, her like, f- flare lips, her lipstick that shaped, her flare that shaped, like, lipstick. Uh, that also functions as real lipstick, I think. Very totally spies. Out of like a uh, like a trash chute into space to signal like for an attack to happen, and then Mondo gets into the Hyakushiki and like tries to show off to Good Moon. Yeah, I I do really enjoy that. The reason they lose is because Mondo is too stupid to, or, or at least in that moment, too emotional uh, to fully realize how how dangerous it is to call their bluff in that moment but he does it and they're like ah shit <laughs> wait a minute why are you calling my bluff no one in their right mind would do this right now <laughs> oh god but also so every, mo- every moment mondo is in the hakushiki i am internally like you get out of that get out of it get out 
You do not belong here. Oh, Jesus. So they, they decide that, like, maybe we can get some allies if we go to this one colony that opposes Haman, which is Colony 24 of Side 3, which leads us to Episode 40, which is Tiger Bomb Dream. Mm. Which is uh, the name of um, the colony, which is modeled after 20th century Hong Kong. Because yeah. I guess, like, I, I kind of love that every colony just decides, we're going for this, we're going for this aesthetic. I... If, if space colonization were to actually happen, like, that's what I want it to be, and that's what I know it won't be, and so, like, I, I fuck, fuck it. We shouldn't do it, unless it's that. But also, we shouldn't. Um... But no, yeah, I, I also, I also, I, I love, I love that shit. I don't like, I don't like the the person in charge of the colony. So part of me is like, fuck, fuck you and your weird Hong Kong colony. Are you even like from there? Is this some weeaboo shit? <laughs> that was the vibe I got. Like all of the aesthetics and the set dressing coming from this asshole who just runs this colony. Like it's. Like, like he's a fucking mob boss or some shit. Um, like just like posing Gundams, like they're fucking statues in a in a garden or some shit. It's like these are like fucking weapons of mass destruction. Um, and you're decorating your your fucking ho- your your lawn with them. Like, eat a di- I, your whole colony can eat a dick. <laughs> this place sucks. This is no Texas colony. Texas Colony is where you would go mm-hmm. if it wasn't blown up in in the in the one year war. Listen. Maybe maybe that's what you write. You write like a slice of life sto- like story about a ton of people made, found making a grassroots campaign to make te- to make Texas Colony too. Yeah, we gotta save Texas Colony. Remember Texas Colony. And then there's people who are like, isn't that in really bad taste because lots of people died there? Uh, just like Texas. <laughs> lots of people died here, and it was in really bad taste. I have, a, I have a hard time remembering the exact sequence of events of this episode, which is why I'm stalling a bit. I just, br- I just speed ran a, like, I was speed read a, like, synopsis, but I don't quite fully think it's that's the sufficient fucking, it's it's dead it's just the the final fantasy 7 fucking don corneo sequence basically uh, which with the, this came first it did by about nine years nomura what's good well, about 11 years um, i think someone on that team Watch yeah. Mobile Suit Gundam. Probably Double not Zeta. Nomura. He was not. He didn't. He wasn't who he is now back then. Nomura was just a character designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, but but yeah. So like, um, they they go to this colony out of necessity. I I right like um. It's a very very ju- thin reason why they go there. The I think they char- the dude in charge is a pervert. Um, he doesn't like Haman. That's one, he, or like he doesn't submit to Haman. Right, not his, not his king. Because um, like everyone shows up, 
and they're like, no weapons, no mobile suits, all your, you, you do everything our way here. There's like a subplot about like a ton of orphans who are trying to rob them, kind of like Judo was trying to rob the AU initially. Yeah, it, there's like yeah, there's like a there's like Judo meets his cots. Um, basically. And, and then all the the Moon Moon sisters, Elle and Rue, are then like shipped off to his quarters to be to be added to his harem. Yeah. And so they do the most anime plan, although uh as the first opening assures us, this is not an anime. But they do the I'm most wondering anime if this is plan. just like a trope. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um we have to sneak into the place where like they won't like we have to sneak into this place as women because they won't suspect us because we're women, so we have to pretend to be women. And they keep commenting on how ugly judo is. And I'm so I am that is not true or fair. Judo looked very cute. Um fucking like oh fucking the 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 one kid uh Eno. Eno. Um everybody's kind of like oh wow you know you you look so good you're really good at this like that whole joke because like that that's the, that's the one of the one of the traditions of the trope is that like the one who's most reluctant to do it ends up looking the cutest and it's like a it's like a homo subtext thing um but um but but like i didn't the I didn't expect it to be a thing. Like, as soon as I, I saw Judah, I was like, oh, Judah's really cute! And then the fucking running gag of the episode was like, ew, you're an ugly woman. And I'm like, this is mean. And now Judah's gonna shoot you with her gun. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to follow somebody on Tumblr who had a really powerful avatar that was uh, cross-dressing Judah with a gun. It's just a really good mood this is a good place to be i like i like her i like his bob or her bob i don't know is he <laughs> is, is it a thing and like where you use the opposite pronoun when you're in drag um Did... some people are probably like that they're fluid in that way for sure anything's possible judo um. gets really judo becomes a drag queen for the jupiter energy fleet and does stand-up routines oh fuck yes judo would judo would fucking kill it though <laughs> that's another fan fiction what is judo doing in the jupiter energy fleet oh man it's like a side gig he needs something to do according to a short gundam evolve i can send you that one it's only a couple minutes where it's um like i i think judo just kind of is in a gundam and he flies around and like makes sure that no one fucks with the jupiter energy fleet i don't know if there's like space pirates or anything to hang out like that far from earth Maybe. He's basically just, like, their bodyguard. I, I know that, like, he probably also has, like, maintenance duties. I'm sure there's, like, non-military mobile suits that are needed for that kind of stuff. I think that's... I That's another one I could do. That's another one I could do is, like, Judo and Rue uh, after the events of, of Double Zeta. Like, yeah. expand on their relationship. I, I like I like their dynamic a lot. 
Yeah, they make a cute couple. We see the ag guy in this episode, because Stampa has one like a fucking chode. Uh, the next episode I also am a bit fuzzy on. It's the con- it's the finale of the Revenge of Moon Moon arc, but uh, Good Moon dies. Yeah, Rosara. I don't Gun even re- quite remember how. I think does doesn't Haman shoot her? I thought fucking what uh the the scumbag guy gets a mobile suit and like drops a rock on her. E- even worse. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, they're like, like, again, there's, it's, it's, it's a, it's an out of, like, out of mech versus, like, we don't have mechs, and we're running away from a mech, like, action, series of action sequences, and, like, Judao fucking jumps in a fucking, uh, crane, like a, like a construction crane by the pier, and, like, slaps the shit out, like, clotheslines him. It's, it's dope as hell. Or is it Mondo that does that? I forget. Someone does that. Someone clotheslines a mobile suit with a crane. And it's sick as shit. We lost one. We forgot a mobile suit. This one also shows up in that episode, which is another one from like the another mobile suit variations. The Zogok. Oh, oh yeah, with the fucking like extendo. Is that like an extendo arm or something? What the fuck? Yeah, because I think like meta narratively, these were basically designed to make additional model kits mm-hmm. for the original series. Yeah. But I, like in universe, none of these saw mass production. No, like what I, the I, fuck? You're not gonna believe. There apparently, there's a fucking unicorn version of this fucking bastard. It looks like the fucking robot monsters from Mazinger Z Infinity. It does. It really does. It looks like one of like Doctor Hell made this thing. <laughs> But next, I think we get into the uh, the core three arc, which is the final arc. Yeah. Where uh, getting closer to core three, they man- they manage to uh, smuggle themselves into the mining colony Cicero, which is really close to core three. I don't quite remember exactly what their plan was. I don't. I think they're just kind of winging it. Yeah. Beach is calling the shots here. This isn't Bright cons- making Operation Maelstrom in order to s- encircle and defeat the Titans. Yeah, they 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 pretty much have carte blanche, and like they always they always did whatever they wanted anyway. But now there is just so much fewer like checks and balances <laughs> um, for for their outlandish fucking junk junk rat kid behavior it's great honestly so, so they arrive on this colony and they kind of just like blend in with the miners because these guys are just these guys are just miners they're just working their nine to five they, they they're and apparently there's like a mining revolution happening led by this guy named roy and his daughter is being forced to work in the mines and everyone is getting whipped in, into shape by chara who is now dressed exactly like sister jill from cutie honey <laughs> like she is just ex- like even down to the ridiculous cleavage she is 100% just sister Jill now I I love I I love her I love I love uh, Katasun um 
I like that you've come around to that because I think you were you were so conflicted on Kara for a long time or Chara. Well, cause, I mean, for for the longest time, I basically just had her pitch on paper, uh, which you know is a bad look. Like that is the word that that is like the that is like not a great thing about her character, um, and I think it's often just kind of used for like cheap gags, uh. It is but also I whatever like I, I mean also ba- also when I was first introduced to the character like I was not I was I was not a woman uh and now I I just feel like I'm way I I give way less of a fuck now I don't care whatever she's a, she's a fun t- I I love titties a, a beautiful woman should put her tits in my face uh, <laughs> that's just what I believe you can buy a figure of that version of Chara Oh fucking yeah! Give me a Gundam Girls whatever. A G a Gundam Girls generation. Yeah, that's the Chara. Fuck Add her yes. to your collection of problematic Xeon women. Fuck yes, that's the only ki- type of Xeon woman. You could have you you could I mean hey, there's a GGG of fucking Sema from from uh, Stardust Memory. Of course there is, and I I do want it. Um. But but no, like I. But also, but on a on a more actual note, like I do think it also helps that like Double Zeta, for what whatever reason, is not is like has one of the largest and longest lasting overall over the course of the series, like female cast with like recurring female characters with with you know that that are just doing their thing as characters and when you have that variety it's easy like when you have that variety they each don't have to carry the burden of of being like the er like some some non-existent er example of like perfect representation um like the the answer to like oh like well how do i how do I write a good character who is like this type of like either, either like minority or like other identity or just like you know like the answer is like probably one of the things you can do to help is like make more than one like <laughs> um it's easier to write women when there's more than one woman in a thing I mean like com- compare once I I I, I like. I want to say, like, I mean, if you listen to our Space Battleship Yamato episodes, you know how much I really liked that show. But, like, it's an easy target for just being, like, there is a single woman in that show. Yeah, and her job is to be a woman. And that's the problem, right? Because then, even when you have good intentions, you're still coming at it from this idea that, like, there is one correct way to be this identity while you simultaneously just have all these men who get to act like and be whoever they are and want. And it's like, that's not hypocritical somehow. Um, but double, like, double Zeta for all of its flaws, it's like, I, I was expecting to have, like, because I, I got such an early introduction to the worst aspects of Karasun, like, I was expecting this show to have trash gender politics. And, like, by and large, I mean, not that they get into it very deeply, but that's better than 
like fucking like like I I had more reservations about 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 some about some female cast members of of Zeta, um, who still who still by and large like there's there's good things I can say about 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 every female character in, in Zeta, but like I don't have that problem in Double Zeta by and large. Are you are you? Are you you're referring? I'm guessing to like Rosamia and and Rekoa being like the controversial ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also just like fuck, uh, just just like just like fuck Emma's death. Like she didn't deserve that. <laughs> she didn't I, deserve, I, I, she, fucking, she didn't deserve to die so Camille could be even sadder. I don't think she died to make Camille sad. I think she died to make you sad. <laughs> Whatever, nerd. <laughs> I don't um, know. I, I I think to me, I personally think like all the deaths in the last like two episodes of Zeta are like Tomino attacking the audience directly. Yeah, that's his fucking that's his shtick. Uh, he's good at it. Whatever. Emma's death like fucks me. Emma's death fucks me up so bad. And it's so close after Hankins too. Ugh, it's fucked. Yeah, that help that that helps in terms of like in terms of me like framing it m- as something more than just well it's time for Tomio to kill everybody like because it was like Kotz it was like Kotz Emma Rekoa and Henkin all in like the same episode yeah um and then and Jared <laughs> and Jared and I guess this does tie into the overall. Tomino cycle of tragedy and comedy um cause you know it's not a total farce or anything but like yeah like not a lot of like the, a lot of the main cast that we're expected to care about is intact at the end of Double Zeta um, I like I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but I think Chara's death was like I actually really I think her death is really dignified she dies exactly the way she lives yeah, nah, she went out like she went out for like a real one. Uh shout out. Loyal to, to Haman till the literal end. The only thing I think the I think the only way she could have died with any fewer regrets is if is if there was if, if there was a handsome young man between her tits in that moment. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> it, it was just missing that cherry on top. I I def yeah. I, I will go to bat for the for the dignity of for like the dignity of Chara Soon's death, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Um that's that's fine, that's what we do. Uh But uh she runs this mining colony with a whip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, now now we're getting now we're really into it, right? If anything, this is her at peak Kara Soon. Cause like she she's like she doesn't remember judo at all and like judo it isn't until that like judo is firmly between her massive breasts that she remembers him. I mean, it was his hole. It was made for him. <laughs> we meet Lance and Nee, her two, uh, I guess, simp's. They are they every time they showed up on screen. I was just reminded of the much better, like, weird evil twins from Armored Trooper Votops. Yeah! <laughs> Watch Armored Trooper Votops. It has some fucking great evil twins. I forgot their names, but I love those guys. 
Oh yeah, never learned their names. Uh, I felt they didn't deserve it, but I love them. Uh, I I remember how one of the I remember how one of them died, like vividly. I'm gonna bleep this for people who haven't seen Armor Trooper Votons. I remember one he like. Yeah, no, that was sick. <laughs> uh, so Rutina has this whole so I like um how Chara initially thinks that Rutina works for uh Glemmy because she's an underage girl. <laughs> like Chara just immediately makes that judgment. It's uh, it's not a wrong one. It's not. It's not. It's not uneducated. Of a guess. That's just smart on his part. Fucking pervert. I think that's what it is. I think that's the icing on the cake. I think just like, on top of everything, on top of everything, that makes Glemmy Toto just the the most prototypical, like, space fascist both on the level of because he is not only a fascist on the level of like a megalomaniacal dictator he is also a fascist in in the same way as like like some bootlicking military fuckhead on like a reddit board like like they have coalesced into glimmy with like with like a senren kagura avatar and on top, yeah, and on top of it all, he is, he is a lowly con. <laughs> Just The wow. worst human being to ever live. Just wow. So, uh, at the same time, this is a two-parter, we're just gonna kind of smash the two episodes together. Yeah. Uh, Peru, sh- Peru 2 shows up in her red cubelet. It's sick as shit. And she's like, I love how fucking stone cold she is. She's walking around and her funnels are following her. Yes. Like, she's out of her mobile suit. Uh, she's so, like, fucking... I think... God, what what was the other comparison? What was the, the comparison you made earlier was, oh, to, to like, Don Corneo in Final Fantasy VII. Like, this is... This is some kind of proto-Oscar. Oh yeah, I definitely think so. At least even if, at the very least with the color scheme. Yeah, like the design. Um like, you know, like the like the Asuka as a character was pitched and then the character design process was like, "Oh, hey, that reminds me of fucking Pudu 2." Cuz I think Glemmy's doing something and like Glemmy's and uh Sandra, his blue ship is like coalescing around here like getting ready to attack core three and destabilizing the mines while the revolution the mining revolution is happening led by rutina's father because at at, at this point glemmy hasn't made his move yet he, he which which is strange because we don't see we we didn't see him until this episode like it's been a while since we see glemmy because we had a bit of a little like we had a bit of a squabble with mashmere then we're off for like don corneo nonsense for two episodes yeah, like the the, yeah. the last time, really, the last time we see Glemmy was our was early into our introduction to him as a much more important villain than initially yeah, when, led to believe. When and he then re- we don't see him forever. Yeah, he when he when he when he awakens Peru too is the last time we saw him really. Ugh. <laughs> 
I think Glemmy also waxed poetic about how, like, he wishes he didn't have to drop a colony. Or, like, or he's, like, judging Mashamir for doing it. Suck a dick. Stink man. Piss. Piss man stink. Bitch. That's his Gundam name. And, uh, what I remember now that they, they, they get into, uh, I think they arrive in Core 3 and, like, Haman is living in a fucking castle. In, in Core is. 3. Cause she's, cause Haman's like, I am, I am boss bitch Neozi. I am Axis Zeon boss bitch. I deserve a castle. And she gets one. The girl boss of side three gets her fucking asteroid castle. And, uh, Glemmy, like, has Peru 2 in, like, full-on, like, Neo-Zeon regalia, like, play, like very much trying to Shirako her and f- pull a Shirako in front of, um, Haman. Actually, you know what she's doing? He, you know what he's doing? He's having her pull the same shit that Haman pulled on Yamatov, Haimem, and fucking Zeta. Basically. Where it's like, I pledge allegiance to you. Meanwhile, here's a gun. <laughs> Like, seconds after pledging allegiance to fucking, um, Haman, just all shit goes off, and and it just turns into this massive, gigantic battle clusterfuck. The Nail Argama fires its gigantic fuck-off cannon and blows, like, hits Cicero and detaches it from Core 3. And on, uh, the Sadalon on Haman's, like, flagship, she's just like, Oh, Glammy Toto, it's on. It's on! Of course you realize this means war. Like she has like she has like Chara is like so mad she's like I got you dis you disgraced Haman I got let me Haman Sama let me kill her. Can I say I love how like loyal Chara is to Haman? She's like as loyal as like Mashmir is, but she's like in a completely different way. Yeah, no, she just she just earnestly thinks Haman's like fucking badass, like. <laughs> Like, Mashamir is, like, Mashamir is just, like, LARPing, and then, but, like, if you say, like, like, Chara's straight up, like, what did you say about Haman Karn? I'm taking out my, hold my earrings, you're about to die. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, fucking, like, God, I, I saw this, I saw this one, I saw this one fucking TikTok that was just, like, to, like, to, like, don't fight, like, don't fight this girl, and, like, she takes off her earrings, and then it, one at a time, just, like, bites bites the acrylic tips off of her nails <laughs> and like, spits them out i just found the purpose of lance and knee one of them holds her one of them holds her shoe her heels the other yeah. one holds holds her fucking earrings she yep yep that's all they're good <laughs> but she for. needs to beat the shit out of somebody for talking shit about haman karn mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, juno same. also has another moment with haman in this one because I'm remembering that now. Judo um, has a has a Haman moment, but I don't remember like uh, I don't remember if they have like a long correspondence. I don't think they do. I think it's more of just like a you, <laughs> like uh, the Spider Man pointing at each other meme. Y- yeah. And then behind the Spider Man is a big, scary, vaguely Spider Man shaped ghost, also pointing. <laughs> Uh, in the next episode, Glemmy launches. This is like these two episodes. So that this one, just the the big clusterfuck battle, just keeps getting bigger. 
Perutu gets launched out in the Queen Mansa, and uh, Zeon crazy ass Rakan Dakaran has sworn his allegiance to Glemmy. Ah, uh, yes, I love that he just showed up and picked a side. Just with that, he's like, "I'm ready." And then Yeehaw. while, like, and while as like Chara and Mashmir are like diehard Haman loyalists. Oh God, I might also like. I, if I did like like yet another double Zeta is just double Zeta is just fraught with with places to expand on. I would I would also I would just I, I just love this group of like feuding. Like again, I, I mentioned it while we were watching it. I would love just a singular bottle episode where we don't see anybody from the Neo Argama or anyone. It's all internal Neo Zeon shit. If you know what. Expand, like, this episode and the next one into a movie, but cut out, like, the AU subplots. Yeah, no, it's just about the, the, uh, the neo Zeon's like, civil, dis- like, combat, like, armed dispute. This is Glemmy, this is Glemmy's attempted coup. Yes. Glemmy's counterattack. Yeah, basically. <laughs> To further your to further your thesis of him being a foil for Char, just just like how I think Kotz vol- Kotz's entire arc is validating Amuro, I think Glemmy's is validating Char. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That like not everybody is qualified to do what this character did. Kotz tried to be Amuro and got horribly killed. Glemmy tried to be Char, and look how that ended up for him how aware how aware of all this i mean without without like going into detail if there is an answer uh how aware is char of what anything that is happening right now or is he just fucking doing what he's doing i i'm sure char knows exactly what's going on and he does not care Mm -hmm. he has his own plans that he's putting into like he has his own plans that he's putting into work. And my theory on it is, like, I guess we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, with the Mineva, he has the real Mineva. Haman doesn't care. She has whatever she needs with the figurehead. Char just knows that Neo Zeon, that Axis Zeon is going to swallow itself entirely. So he just needs to wait for the disparate parts of that to need a leader. He will swoop them up, and then he already, and he's already picking up disparate, like, he's grabbing up, like, X Zeon... Ex-Ayug, he's grabbing up, you know, survivors from Neo-Zeon. There's probably still pockets of one-year war-era Zeon people around that he's nabbing up. He's just, he's running around fultoning everybody and onto his mother base. That Char is basically making, like, Zeon Outer Heaven right now. That's sick as shit. Like, that is basically what Char is doing. Go. Let the legend live. <laughs> Kept you waiting, huh? Uh, the biggest thing that happens in this episode is that Rockon fucking... Uh, it's, I don't remember if it's Rockon or Peru 2. I think it's Rockon. Um, completely destroys the Lavi and Rose, and Emily dies. Yeah, that's it. Emily is another character that, like, a weaker show... Like, like, a, like a show with weaker female... Uh, char- like characters. It like, was Peru too. I- I'm sorry. It was Peru too, not Rock On. Oh, um, 
a weaker show would have me like just rolling my eyes at Emily, just like, why are we here with this character? Why do I give a shit? Like, she doesn't need to be here. But like, again, as a part in a larger rep, like as a you know fucking Double Zeta's Double Zeta's on some Romney shit. Binders of women. Uh, um, I would say that dates us, but it's already outdated. So. <laughs> Um, so, so I did enjoy, so, like, I enjoyed Emily a bit more. I like Kara more, <laughs> um, but that's just me. Uh, I, I truly don't know what, truth, truth be told, I don't know what her fate would have been otherwise in any other show, because it's like, well, her only arc is that she really wants to, like, ruin bright's life with her pussy um <laughs> and i don't really know where you go with that and neither is like neither is emily like emily has no into like that's the thing like they're both like they're both decent people they just they're horny and they're dumb but also and shit really sucks right now um but also they're they're both way too like um chivalrous it's 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 almost like a fucking like uh lancelot and fucking lady guinevere or whatever fucking like chased like affair like fucking like oh my like ooh like in in, in another life right and it's just like I don't know. In a way, it's almost cute, but also still, it's like not because you're both a, you're both adults and you're like engaging in, engaging flirtatiously with this woman without the consent of your of your committed partner. Already. And you also have children. Yeah, yeah. Right, you were a father of two. Um. Yeah, I don't. That's yeah. It's 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 a lot. It's a lot, but it's like whatever. It's. I do one thing I did like about this is Emily when she knew that like the Lavian Rose was fucked, she like made sure that everybody evacuated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like that yeah, was that was her being everybody. like a good captain. Yeah. I like that she like she fucking used the the freaking um, Lavian Rose. Like yeah, she used like the arms of it or whatever as like projectiles. She just like launched the pointed parts of it. Yeah. That was fun. I like the Lavian Rose as a design. Yeah, the Lavian Rose is a cool ass ship. Is there is there is there a model kit of that? Maybe. Pro- you know what? Probably. That would be really fun to have. Have a Lavian Rose and then get an Argama that's the same scale, so you can dock it into it. Yeah. So the next episode is the one you really liked, where it's just full on active combat between like the a between the uh, Haman and Glemmy's fleets. Yeah, and it's it's every time every time the New York it cuts to New York gamma, I'm like, why? <laughs> Not yeah, because at this point, all that really happens on that front is that like 
everybody's getting ready, like, getting repairs and launching, and then the Double Zeta is now, like, the full armor Double Zeta. Yeah. Like, maybe do that as, like, a bookend. Like, open with them, and then, and then, like, move the camera, and then at the very tail end, like, after it's all said and done, be like, ah, we did it, we- New Gundam. Tune in, catch it. Next week, catch it. Anime Genie. Yeah, like, um, Mashmir gives, like, a massive impassioned speech at this point. Mashmir's awesome in the- like, Mashmir's death is actually, like, really awesome. Yeah, no, like, he gets a send-off for sure. Like, he takes out a whole squad of Dovin wolves by himself. It's like, Hamansama Banzai! Yeah, he does- he does scream Banzai, doesn't he? I yep. forgot about that part. That's the thing, right? It's like, it's- it's all of these- It's all of these- you know, God, I was trying to think of a frame of reference, and my mind goes to Shonen, and it's like, what if the Ginyu Force fought each other? <laughs> I mean, like, like, I was, I was just talking yesterday about, uh, not yesterday, on Monday, uh, just about like stuff, just because me and my friends have like nine-hour crazy, insane podcasts that we do, we record live on Mondays. Mm-hmm. You popped in for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, that 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 was dope, but I uh yeah, I had to build a I had to build a rocking chair for my baby's nursery. Perfect. That's a good excuse. <laughs> that's a better excuse. That's a better ex- that honestly that's a way better spend, way to spend your time. But my but uh we were Thalians is my friend Thalians is a big fan of Yu-Gi-Oh. Like just a really big fan of like the show and the manga and everything. Yeah. And he was saying how, like, one of the best parts of the series is, like, at the end of Duel City, of the Battle City arc, where, like, it's Merrick and Bakura, like, having their own duel, and it's the first time in the series where it's, like, a bad guy fighting a bad guy. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, I, that, I remember that being tight as shit. And that's, like, the first time where Merrick goes, like, all nuts and his hair goes crazy. Yeah, Yami Merrick. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I might, like, import that manga and read it, because it looks sick. <laughs> No, yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh's good. That's yeah, that's what that's the the government doesn't want you to know. Yu-Gi-Oh's good. You're just like going, you're just diving head first into like the late nineties, early two thousands. Fucking Digimon and now Yu-Gi-Oh. Fucking oh Yu-Gi-Oh. fuck yeah. What's next, Beyblade? No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna let her rip. But uh, yeah, this episode just fucking rules. Everybody's like, just going ham, and it's sick as shit. It's sick as shit. Like if if you want to get like if you want to get somebody into gun, because I think s- some of the broader strokes of this episode, like like isolated moments, are like contextless enough to where it's like probably not really a spoiler. Because by the time you start from the start, like you like you don't know who all these people are. Like if you wanted to get somebody, if you wanted to get somebody who comes at Mecha for more of a wow, cool robot angle into into Gundam, or maybe they're already into Gundam, but they don't want to watch Double Zeta. Like, fuck, I don't know. Show them a cool fight scene from this episode. Like, Yeah, that, the, that when it comes to this, like, big-ass mobile suit battles, this is incredible. So we're on the penultimate episode, 46, Vibration. And again, it's, I, I think, I like to think of it even more so as this culmination of, of everything 
that they've been that they've been learning to do as like a you know it's it's not all it's probably most likely not all the same people but like at the very least like Tomino is a showrunner and the staffs he builds and works with like fucking just just thinking about what the what the hype what the hypest battles looked like in the one year war in 0079 the first series and then we're we're all we're all the way out here now in double zeta and just like how fucking far we've come i love like it's it's beautiful like i i love this genre i love it's... i love i love mecha i have a podcast about it it's so good. This is when I, I mecha is the most powerful genre. Yeah, I don't know what I mean by that, but I I said it with oomph. You were confident, and that means you're right. <laughs> so who even, like, who even who even wins? I don't even remember. Uh, basic, Haman manages, like, I think it's, this episode isn't, well, 46 is, um, I think Glemmy mostly loses. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, because at this point, this is when he, him and Peru, he gets into the, uh, the, do, the Queen Mansa with Peru, too, because she's going nuts, because through the entire last two episodes, Peru, one, has, has been, like, ghost taunt, has been, like, ghost fucking with Peru, too, like, Maybe, you know, an 11-year-old girl shouldn't be a warrior. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be doing this. Maybe, like, you've been brainwashed by a fucking gross pedophile. And it's so weird. Like, I mean, that I mean that just goes to show you how deep-seated, like, something like grooming can be. Because it's, it's like, you know... Pru 2, like... On a surface level, on a conversational level, like, doesn't really respect or fuck with Glemmy that much. And yet, still, like, still very groomed to serve him. Um, and that, that probably reinforces it. That probably, you know, he allows that because then she can feel like she's still ultimately making her own decisions. And it's like, no... Her, her uh, loyalty to him, it, like, reminds me a bit of, like, Yazan's towards, like, Shirako. Yeah. But, like, the dynamic between them is, like, instead of Yazan being, like, an adult psychopath, like, she's an 11-year-old girl who's, like, a clone. Yeah, like, at, at the very least, Yazan starts that relationship with way more agency and, like, uh, control over his own... His own life she's a child and he's an adult and he's just like you know this is how we're gonna do things and you're a kid so you more or less can't say no uh and i designed you this way every fucking every scene every time it cuts to him in the cockpit and her on his lap like i want to fucking die uh it's 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 such viscerally like well because like there was nothing there was nothing visibly untoward visually communicating but like the context of it all 
and just like she's 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 just so her her guard is so down and she's so off her game and she's so not in her right mind and glemmy is just fully taking advantage of that that is an opportunity for him he's straight up just using her as a new type battery at that point yeah yeah like literally just like fucking when when you've got the fucking like when you've got like the fucking like gps on your fucking leg because you don't have a fucking thing to hook it onto the dashboard of your car Um. Yeah, he's not even really just ugh, garbage man. In like the ruins of Axis, of like what's left of the inside of Axis, uh, L and Rue show down with uh, Glemmy before Judo can show up, and they kind of you were kind of pissed that like they job pretty hard. Yeah, no, they like especially coming so hot off of off of like some episodes with. The, some of the strongest fight choreography in the franchise at that point. Um, we get uh, Glemmy just kind of immediately owning two Gundams. Yeah, Glemmy, back to back. One like one v twoing Gundams in a mobile suit Gundam. And they just get jobbed because they're not the main characters anymore. They're not the main Gundams anymore. So that I guess that makes them weaker. I don't know. I don't like it. Especially because up until that point, people would make it a no. Like, that was why they were so hot. Shit, like, like, wow, like, wow, Bright, how come your mom lets you have three Gundams? Like... Uh, I don't, my, my, I guess, I was just thinking because the Quinn Monza is just, like, this massive doomsday weapon, but, like, even, even then, I, I, I understand. Those I are the they... things that Gundams are good at fighting. <laughs> Not, Gundams are the only thing that can fight massive mobile weapons. Like, I wish they did some damage, that, like, I could, yeah, like, that's fine, that's all I want. lose. That's all I want is, like, a few good licks. They can lose. They can get They can get totaled, sure. Like, I get or it. Or at least, at least L, maybe if L jobs, because then Rue at least is in the Zeta, because Zeta's better than the Mark II. Yeah, like, the, the, the Mark II's excusable, but the fact that in that mo- like, honestly, like, the, the, way, the way that it was framed, like, you would think that they are both comparable machines with how hard both of them lost in the same, at the same intensity. Yes. But, uh, Judo shows up, and then finally, um, Judo manages to convince Peru to, to stand down, and she does. And, right, but, uh, but, uh, Glemmy kind of, like, is like, okay, fuck you then, and then gets back into the Mark II, into the Queen Monsa, and fires a beam that I think mortally wounds Peru too. Because the cockpit isn't closed. And then, like, right before Glemmy's about to kill both Peru too and judo rue like fires directly at the cockpit and kills glemmy so at the very least remy's rue is the one who got to kill glemmy yep which i'm i'm glad that happened (laughs) but i hate the way they gotta frame it because she's like i'm sorry glemmy i have to kill you in this way i'm like no she should have just been like die (laughs) yeah yeah i i 
I do wish we got more of their relationship. As much as I hate seeing Glammy, as much as I don't, as much as I didn't like in those moments when they were happening, I didn't like that they were trying to, like, have some kind of relationship. I think that if that's how you're going to do it, if you're going to give her the killing shot like that in that way, then, like, I do need something more to chew on for me to believe that she's going to feel some type of way about murking this objective garbage man. Like, if anything, the like, if anything, her closer perspective on who he is as a person should make it easier for her to murder him where he stands. Because she should know. Like, I'm fine with Glemmy's really shitty, like, I accept this from you, Rue. Like, I'm oh, yeah, fine no, with that's, that. That's in character. That's in character. He's a, But, like, a the fact that Rue, like, shed a tear before she killed Glemmy, like, no, fuck off with that. He's, he, he's, a, a, a lot of, a lot of people in this show died simping. Yeah. Uh. Cause later, like I think in this same episode, the 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 um the Peru Corps go around go over and like they get into a big fight with Chara and Chara kills one of them and then she gets killed along with Lance and Nee, and she dies with her tits out screaming her own name. That's how I want to go. Like she died. Like she went out the way she lived. So oh, then we get is is this when Haman like unveils her fucking new normal suit? Yeah, that's a, that's the final episode. Warrior once more cuz like Haman's fleet is pretty much shattered. Glemmy's fleet is done. Um uh earlier in that last episode we kind of went out of, out of sequence, but uh Judo killed Rockon. Cuz that's what he he was dueling Rockon, I think, while the Quinn Mansa was like fucking up um L and Rue. Mm-hmm. So now all that's really left standing is like the Hyakushiki and the double Zeta. So every all that's can all they can go out is um all that all that's re- all that's prepared to go out is the double Zeta, which is not even full armor anymore because that got all blown up in the ba- in the last battle. Yeah. So it's basically all that can happen now is like Haman and Judo can 1v1. Which is always what it was destined to be. Like yeah, Haman gets her much. new her new normal suit, which you said is like the best normal suit you've ever seen. It's it's the it's the fucking sexiest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's so much better than her fucking like Neozeon Queen crown shit, which is great. Very double Zeta, very good for her. Uh, very extra, very access. Yeah, but but I feel like, you know, even that, like, that's her putting on airs. This is Haman fucking, like, I'm, like, this is Haman wearing something that she thinks is sick as shit. We are seeing, for the first time in this series, like, true Haman, I think. Yeah, mask off. She's no longer a figurehead. Yeah. Because everything she had is gone now. Right. She She's going into space. To beat up this teenager so she can fucking get a good night's sleep. For once this and year. Stop, and like, so, so she can stop like having panic attacks whenever he's in orbit. 
Uh, they have a pretty good battle. I wish it was a bit longer. Like, I wish this was, had, like, another episode. Yeah, 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 same. I remember being like, wow, like, the Double Zeta is basically over and they're only just now fighting. <laughs> like, I once again, like, one or two more episodes and this would have been, like, mwah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, make the battle of Axis longer and then have this be a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, because that way, maybe, like, maybe let the the Haman Judo fight be an entire episode, and then the last one would be, like, an epilogue. Yeah. Narrated but, by Char. Narrated by Char. So, we, we we neglect, speaking of that, we neglected to ha- to mention the craziest moment in all of Double Zeta, which is when Bright inexplicably meets Salem S. Yeah. Because earlier we cut to just Lena in a wheelchair hanging out with Sayla, and there's no dialogue confirming that Lena is in fact alive. Yeah, it's... It's it's, it's so weird. Uh, like, I, we, we didn't really get into it at all, but it's like, is it... Am I the viewer to, to simply think Sayla was there that night for some reason. In the like ten mi- in the like the like the three minutes Peru was out getting water when the building exploded. Like, Somehow in that like three minute time. <laughs> d- yeah. Like sw- swooped her up. I don't <sighs> it's it's pretty inexplicable it's fine i'll you know what hey life's funny (laughs) the force wills it um maybe sayla was there to try to talk to haman being like do you know where my brother is and haman's like yeah i fucking killed him (laughs) because i'm that good fuck off who do you think you are someone shoot her (laughs) you look like char and that pisses me off get out of here Sayla would probably like like come on and be like yeah oh yeah yeah I I know Charisma like killed him and Sayla would probably just be like fucking you are among a long list of people who has thought that <laughs> yeah Char's dead I am I one of them <laughs> so um, um Bright shows up and visits them because we haven't seen Bright since the they got the nail argama. And Bright's, like, um, hey, everybody, what's up? Cause, oh, yeah, I missed another episode from the pre- another moment from the previous one, too. So I'll, let me let me get both of these at the same time. They happen nearly simultaneously. Is, um, Bright's talking to, to Sayla, and he's just like, so, what, what, do you, what do you, like, Sayla's just like, oh, I talked to Mirai and your children. You haven't even written to them once. Like, what kind of the fuck kind of husband are you? Yeah, right. To which Bright is just like, y- you're not wrong. <laughs> Ugh. laid low and then uh uh like lena even like I, I, lena's so good I, I i when i when she came back i was just i was so filled with joy because i was like i missed lena i missed lena so much no she was she's she's just so good and pure just and again if she once again like that that would be points deducted. If she if she was like one of the only if she was like one of the only girls in the show, it'd be like, oh yeah, you know, she's like the like sh- she was so often like the damsel in distress. But again, like 
among the many people trying to rescue her were like a bunch of cool girls and it's like that's so that namely, like, that that makes it literally not an issue like namely ruin l yeah it's so it's like it's so fucking simple um and she's great and i love her uh, i she, i think there's an equal amount of like good guy women in zeta and double zeta but there's far more antagonist women among like neo zeon than there were like titans uh all the all the men all the men died in the last war <laughs> i mean yeah sisters doing it for themselves listen girl boss <laughs> is haman karn the quintessential girl boss um yeah 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 mm-hmm. right down to the you know fascism uh- <laughs> The ne- the other moment is uh when gl- when uh it was the speech that I think Judo makes to Glemmy that convinces Peru to join to like join him and like everybody feels it like across space like Haman feels it and she's like whoa like uh Bright feels it because he's a- he has like a fleet of ships that are going to join um that are like going to back up Judo sent by either the AU or the or the Federation or both. Because now that Haman is, like, easily defeatable, now the Federation act. And, like, Lena even has that little moment where she, like, noted, like, the background disappears into space and she just starts floating. It's, yeah, it's just, like, it's weaponized empathy. And, uh, Judo harnesses that because, uh, they, they're, they're... One of the big criticisms I see of Double Zeta a lot is that it pretty much just is the ending of Zeta again. And, like, sorta, but, like, it feels different. Like, sure, it has, like, the, there's a battle, then, you know, the the Double Zeta glows just like the Zeta did, and then they do a thing that defeats the bad guy. I mean, like, you can say that of 0079. I think, like, if there's parallels, it is thematically intentional, and like especially given how much like the narrative flow the narrative flow of the universal century chronologically is we are doing this because we are trying to clean up the mess from the last time we did this but all we keep doing is just making it happen again it keeps happening that I'm sorry I'm reading Homestuck. I have to do it. <laughs> I I think I'm just I think I'm just mostly offended because there was a time in my life where I would have beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh after the during in the middle of their battle like the the double Zeta gets like blasted apart and it's all just in its basic pieces, and then the the biocomputer of the double Zeta starts working, much like the Zetas did at the end of Zeta. And, uh, you know, he's just engulfed with energy, and suddenly, like, Haman's looking at this, and she sees, like, an image of, like, Lala, and then Camille, and then Four, and then Kotz, and then Sarah, and then, like, Rekoa and Emma, and everybody who died in Zeta as well, and as well as, as well as Peru. And uh, Peru 2 is, like, on the bridge of the, um, 
of the nail argama slowly dying, kind of just mumbling, like, vague things about how Judo is doing. And, uh, like, he that fires this... Say what? Her death was sad. It was really sad. I, I honestly kind of wish Peru 2 didn't die. <laughs> yeah, no. That'd be an, that that would be a good what if, like what is she, like what does someone like her do with herself post war? It's very much a solid snake dilemma. It is, and things like that are addressed in Gundam Unicorn. Fucking st- stop it! <laughs> We're gonna you're gonna love Unicorn. I just know it. <laughs> I'm I don't like uh, like ne- like it's it's so it. You've hyped it so much, but like mostly unintentionally. And the thing is, you don't—you barely even know what it's about. I don't fucking. I literally all I know is that like Baby Zam is there. I'm so glad that you know nothing about Unicorn because you're gonna like it. Baby Zam is there. Benazir's cute. Benazir is cute. Top tier, top tier, cute boy Gundam pilot. But Benadryl's also really sad. He's like, a, he's like, a, like it, Camille is like. Imagine how mad Camille was, and replace that with sad, and you have Benadryl. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I think that's gonna fuck me up. <laughs> I love Benadryl. Benadryl's great. Anywho, yeah. um, the double Zeta fires its hype, its high mega cannon, but it fires like an ultra like cell killing Kamehameha one. Mm-hmm. That like fucks up the the cubile and he gets out of his cockpit and he tries to just talk to Haman like a person, like one last chance to be like Haman, like let's 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 rap Haman. To which is. Haman is just like, "Fuck you, and fuck you for being a, so good that you made me question my worldview for even a second. God, fuck you, fuck you, and the gar and the garbage pile you rode in on." And, like, she, her last, Haman's last words, like, hurt this time. Because I always felt a little disappointed, like, well, there goes a great character. But it was, like, because I, I, I really liked Haman's death this time around. Because mm-hmm. it was just, like, Haman, Haman took her destiny into her own hands because she would, Haman would never let anybody kill her besides herself. Yeah. Like, she would, no one would get that. Like, that, if, if Haman is anything, she is prideful. <laughs> she, you know, she, I mean, she went out like Rambaral. She did. And her last words are, to meet a kid as good as that. Or to meet such a good kid. Yeah, just, like, literally, like, and that's, that's probably part of her decision, right? It's just, like, I have fundamentally misunderstood, like, like, I have fundamentally misunderstood humanity. <laughs> Like, uh, Judo is such a good kid that he made, like, the most cynical human being on the planet reconsider. Yeah. And that, like, that kind of spoke to me, in a way. And I I, I really like it. Like, J- Judo even proceeds to be the best Gundam protagonist in two more instances where, like, uh, the, the Federation fleet arrive and Judo is just like, you're too late, you damn adults! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like all of this could have been avoided, and so it's so everyone's on the bridge of the Sadalon, and like Mineva is like sobbing, and she's like, "I'm not the real Mineva. I was replaced by a lookalike." And Bright kind of just just like, "Well, I guess we can just assume that the real Mineva's been missing since the Grips conflict." That like, I 
I I would believe either either way, but in that moment, it it felt like such a last minute decision with how little with how little we got to really chew on that before immediately moving on right after introducing this this fucking twist. Which um, is why I will like one once again one or two more episodes. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um and yeah, I don't know. Once again, I I feel like I feel like I've mentioned this on the show before. Or at least I might have told you about it how like after Optimus Prime's death in the Transformers movie when they wanted to kill off uh duke in the gi joe movie they they realized that nobody would like that because nobody liked optimus prime dying so at the very end of the 1980s gi joe movie someone off screen just goes and duke's okay <laughs> you i think you've mentioned that yeah it's yeah and very duke's much that okay. energy which is funny, yeah. which is funny because of how like Optimus Prime's death has become such like a staple of like nerd culture in the eighties, like eighties nerd culture. That's like mm. such a thing. Yeah. But uh, then like like Judo then just goes and like starts like there's like two like r- unnamed like Ayug guys and like Judo just like grabs Madchar and he's just like she's like everyone died. What was the point of this? Like, seriously, can somebody tell me what was the point of any of this? And then Bright's just like, listen, bro, I've been through this, like, twice already. <laughs> there is no point, and you can punch me in the face if that makes you feel better. Which did. is, like, I think one of the best Bright moments. Bright's just like, I don't know how to tell you this, but war is fucking pointless in all capacity. Yeah, no, like, we're all just trying to live. Uh, and he, like, and, like, Judo just, like, punches Bright just in the fucking face. Ugh, so good. So satisfying. Honestly. I, for all of your, like, Bright, your Bright grousing through this, uh, through this series, I was just like, she's gonna love when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Judo's the only Gundam pilot to physically strike Bright Noah. <sighs> and never be physically stricken by Bright Noah. Yeah, no. Bright's not like Bright's not stupid. Like Bright knows. Like if I swing on this kid, he's throwing down. If I swing, me and him are going to be on the ground beating the shit out of each other until one of us is no longer able to get up. Uh, Yeah, I'm not. uh, He's not. I'm not fucking with Judao unless like uh, I'm too old for this shit. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can't fucking scrap with this kid like that. I'm gonna have like a bruised rib, and then then like I'm not gonna maybe walk at my back. He's gonna do permanent damage to my back. Yeah, like it's like I I I won't even be able to like go home. I I won't even be able to like call my wife and be consoled because she's gonna be like, "What are you doing fighting a teenager, you old man?" <laughs> she would that's say that. You, that's what you get, acting young. <laughs> You're a father of two. Hangs up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, we get. The- I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just picturing. <laughs> I'm just picturing him talking to someone else. Just like fucking like she didn't give me a chance to ask how the kids were, and they just go like, "You weren't gonna." Oh god, Judo says that. No, Rue says that. <laughs> They're great. both in the infirmary. <laughs> 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 oh, 
like that whole phone call we don't know Judah's there and then the camera pans out and they're both next to each other in the infirmary. Judah, is that like a neck brace? Yeah. <laughs> you see, we should we should be the ones who direct Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> Step aside, Tommy. No, this is us. This is ours now. Because you see, we understand the Sekai Gun of Mobile Suit Gundam. Uh, Better than Bondi ever will. You see, probably, that's he, that's the theory of narrative that. consumption, Tooch. He'd probably agree that that there are Gundam fans that probably know Gundam better than the fucking corporation he's constantly fighting with. That he's been fighting with for his entire fucking career. It's like, yeah, you probably could do a better job than them. Takes a drag of his cigarette. My favorite, like, Tomino, th- like, the, this is, this quote is why Tomino is, like, the biggest Chad in, like, the anime industry to me. <laughs> is that, like, people were complaining, like, like, hardcore Gundam fans, like, who, like, watched Gundam since the 80s were complaining about g Reco, And his immediate response to them was, I didn't make this show for you. <laughs> this show is not for you. This is for your children. And I'm like, God, I love you. I love this old bastard. Love him. I love, I love him so much. Mm-hmm. The saltiest old man in anime. Fuck yes. I, I, I love Domino. So we get, we get a really nice epilogue in Double Zeta where it cuts to like a, a couple months later in 0089 where Rue and Judo are signed up for the, uh, to get onto the Jupitris 2 bound for Jupiter. And, uh, Sayla and, like, everyone's there to, to, like, I like everyone's, like, every, like, there's, like, a time skip, like, Beach's hair is, like, super long, and him and Elle are, like, clearly dating. Yeah. Elle and Rue are still bickering, like, all the time. Where it's just, she's just, like, like, Judo, she's like, hey, Judo, make sure you take care of Rue, and she's just like, what do you mean? I need to be taken care of? I'll be taking care of him. And they start arguing. <laughs> just because they can't fucking not... Dog, they've gone on. They've, they've, they've. I'm. They've gone on at least one double date in the interim. They have. <laughs> it was a it, shit show. They got kicked out of wherever they went. <laughs> I, I think it's implied that Judo and Rue are dating now. At least the the Gundam Evolve seems to say that they are. Yeah. Like, like Rue and Judo are now dating, and um, Lena reveals herself because Sayla is just. And she, he's like, I don't know. I don't want to make my brother have any second thoughts about going to Jupiter, and they have like a tearful reunion. Yeah, that, and, uh, was, that was really nice because I honestly was expect like because like when when the when they established the shot and they are so far away, I'm like those motherfuckers, those motherfuckers were not gonna get a reunion because like it's gonna go oh, well you know the and then Sailor's basically like, no, you should go down and say goodbye to your brother. What are you talking about? I have not seen my brother since the ex- since he like vanished in an explosion at Aboaku. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do do it for that, me. I I haven't seen the person my brother became since then. I haven't seen my brother since my cat and my mom died. Oh no! I got sad all of a sudden. Fucking <laughs> sailor. <laughs> I have not. Yeah, Cos Cosfall died. Cosfall's dead. 
Yeah. Cosfall Ram Daikun does not Been exist. Dead. Cosfall that, Ram that, like that's the one that's like you know, he's just, at this point we're, we're about to get into, you know, he you know, he goes from char to quattro back to basically back to to a different kind of char, but like he's never Casval again. No, Casval died the day his mother died. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Origin is good. Watch Origin if you haven't, or read the manga. Read the, if you have the option to read the manga, do it. If not, re- watch the OVA at the very least. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, but but speaking of, we get <laughs> we we pretty much end the whole shebang on a on a fucking foreshadow for char's counterattack. yeah because like when char and sailor are talking char like she's just like what have you have you like um have you heard anything about my brother and he's like and he's like the federation doesn't even really believe he's still alive or we haven't heard anything from him his presence has not been felt in this whole war which is probably true i don't think char was doing anything aside from like maybe kidnapping maneva but yeah. I guess to min- or I guess liberating her from Haman. I don't know who's who's a worse guardian, Haman or Char. Fuck. But the la- the last thing we see. Oh yeah, well, well, Ch- Sayla's whole deal is basically looking directly into the camera and saying, "Hey guys, Char's counterattack this summer." You can see Char's counterattack at insert local theater on date. <laughs> it, it basically Char's counterattack coming soon. Oh, but the the absolute last thing we see in the series is so great, which is just a simple like wordless scene of like Fa and Camille running along a beach, like Camille yeah. looking basically fully recovered. Yeah, that was that. Fucking... That shit makes me cry my eyes out. <laughs> and you know, I I think that 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 re- it really solidifies. That like yeah no like Zeta and Double Zeta are like two sides of the same coin and 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 like it's they they can they can they feel so abrasive at first blush but they are I do think there's more harmony than uh, than a surface level read of the two series compared and contrast would be able to give you yeah and i think i think this is a great example of that with you know them running along like just just a simple shot of fa and camille running alongside the beach and then he like i think they kiss yeah and, and it's like, just like know, that's we, that's we don't what get they we don't get that in zeta we don't get that at the end arguably at the end of of camille's art. like camille by and large had nothing to do with this but through this is how we get like you know the, the the true good ending for Camille. Like, I, I mean, how how much have they earned this? I mean, like the last time, like not not mentioning their scene, the the little Camille arc in in Double Zeta in Ireland, but like when we see like the last there, Fa and Camille's reunion at the end of Zeta Gundam is Fa looking on in horror as Camille is babbling like a lunatic. Yeah. To yeah. this, so this is what they deserve. Absolutely. Camille's going to become the best moon doctor. I wonder if this was just sort of like, you know, <laughs> Tomino being like, well, uh, if, 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 this, if, this, if this movie bombs, then uh, this can be the ending of Gundam. 
Well, because Charge Counterattack was envisioned to be the absolute finale. Like he didn't yeah, want he wanted to be done with Gundam. Yeah. So the the future looks slightly bright for the the Earth Sphere. The Ayug is folded. The Ayug is dissolved, and the Earth Federation creates the Londo Bell Task Force led by Bright Noah and Amro Ray to fill the vacuum that the Titans, the power vacuum that the Titans left. But even though they are, you know, they mostly are there just as a peacekeeping task force, they're basically doing what the Titans were supposed to do. That that really is the best outcome because my because in, in my cynical mind where the where the Federation where the Federation are truly are just American Democrats, they would just still want to call like we reformed we're they're still Titans because of course we need the, t- the honorable several years old institution that's tradition. Yeah, we we reformed the Titans. We defunded the Titans by giving them more money. Because it's like, and, and like the thing is, the colonists are really, really skeptical of Londo Bell, despite the fact that Londo Bell is like of run course. by the A.U. Basically, of course they are. They and it's like, yeah, right and that's that's be. understandable. The thing I do like though is that ba- is that Londo Bell is an auto- is a semi autonomous organization from the Federation, so it's like mm. it's defense. <laughs> Defederated. It's the mastodon of Gundam. So it's just like that. That's a problem. That like so. For example, if the if Londo Bell was around during the Haman War, he essentially they would the Federation would have been like, all right, good luck. You guys don't need any extra supplies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I do like that it's it's run by Bright, so you don't have to worry about like fascism creeping into this, and then they becoming like you know, Earthnoid supremacists like the Titans were. Yeah. Using the example, using like basically, they're there to make sure that people aren't attacking colonies. Because the Federation's not going to do that. They're not going to, sh- you know, shoot a fleet out into space to go, you know, oh, you know, Zeon Neo Zeon remnants are raiding colonies for supplies. Oh, Titans remnants are going around, you know, holding colonists hostage for demands. Sounds like Bright's problem. Like Sounds was- like what Bright has to deal with for the rest of his goddamn life. <laughs> And then I mean, that leads honestly, us... like that's you could have a you could have a worse you could be made to do worse things in a military career. Yeah, I I feel like the, I feel like this is a good this is a good place for Bright to end up because it's and Amaro basically because it's like Amaro's whole like thing is like I am so broken by war I can't function in normal society. Um. So at least Amaro is putting that towards a more you know positive. <laughs> Yeah. Use. Oh, I feel like somehow I would bend the wills of fate in my in my Purutu AU to have her have like a small one on one dialogue with Amaro. Maybe that's what maybe that's what she decides to do is that like she she she, she joins Bright's task force. She joins Londo Bell. She's like she's like a cadet in training. Yes. And Amaro's directly, directly uh, her inst- one of her instructors. Oh, and that's that's oh, he's like he's like her first like positive adult male role model. It's Amaro. It's Amaro. <laughs> that that's a good fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so pretty much all that leads into the future, it'll, all all roads lead to Char's counterattack. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I think that's all she wrote on Double Zeta. Do you have any final thoughts? Because I think we talked pretty extensively about Double Zeta. Yeah, no, I, I, this, like, this is my, this is my personal favorite Gundam. I was expecting this. And I'm I glad. was expecting. I was expecting this as well. I'm glad that my brain is. You, you were saying you were a Double Zeta fan before you even watched it, but so I'm no, glad yeah, that no. this came. This came true. I think I would be very sad if you said this didn't live up to my expectations of what Double Zeta is. Like the like the very first time I like was looking into the larger timeline of of, of Gundam because it's like 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 for real like you know once you know zeta gundam exists it's very easy to find people being like oh well yeah this is the best one but until somebody tells you the words zeta gundam it's extremely easy to not know that any that 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 all that much really exists past the initial universal century and like the the more popular ovas um and charge counterattack um and so, when I saw, like, okay, so there's double Zeta, uh, so, so there's Zeta, and then they just immediately follow it up with, like, a show called Double, it's just, it's just the sequel to Zeta, it's just Zeta 2, which is extremely derivative compared to how they usually come up with fairly unique titles for each individual Gundam series, even within the Universal Century. And then you look at the cast lineup, and the character design is just so bonkers. Even directly to... compared to, like, Zeta. Yeah, because Z- Zeta is still very much working in tandem with, with 0079, just with, like, you know, better... Like... Same character designer, uh, Yoshikazu yeah. Yasuhiko. Yeah, but just, like, with more with a, little, with a little more budget, a little more experience, you know, d- doing good shit. Um, and it's not to say that it's, and again, you know, but, but me, me being me, I was like, there's, this is clearly the black sheep of the franchise. And it, I immediately was like, I, I will, I, I will, I will solemnly swear to the world and God that I will find, I will find the, 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 the nuggets of truth. I will find, I will find the, the the redemption of in double zeta um and that was like season one of mechtrospective <laughs> and we're finally uh at the end of it all and yeah like the, the the finish line of the the what i consider the core work of gundam is compl- is almost complete like all that's left is a movie, and then you we can we can start going nuts with this franchise. And Se- season three of Mechtrospective. Honestly, I kind of see that what what that would be. That would be the that would be the end of I think us finishing Char's Counterattack would be like the end of Mechtrospective season two. Yeah, because that is us closing a a long open chapter in this podcast, and then then we can we're just we're going to be trailblazing yeah like the like like the the universe opens up it's it's you know it's that it's that part in the jrpg everybody tells you you know like oh just give it like 17 hours and then it gets really good (laughs) um that's us (laughs) we're about to get really good (laughs) so 
we are planning to have a couple charge counterattack episodes. I'm thinking we're gonna have we're it's gonna we're gonna have one where it's just me and Tooch doing as serious as we can, like a a hard no a hard noglin, like hard nose, tough as nails, like episode on charge counterattack. I had to hit the table for emphasis. For, uh, and then we're going to have one where we have some guests and it's a bullshit, like, you know, fun time that I'm barely going to edit. Yeah. We'll so, also, well, you know, we'll probably, we'll probably do the in memoriam for Double Zeta and Charge Counterattack in that episode. So, like, one last thing I have to edit, I'll just do it all at once. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll talk about how, how gay that movie is. And <laughs> I can't wait. This, we'll we'll, is, we'll probably also end up talking about how gay that movie is, just us, but we can go even crazier when we have, like, Arcade on here. We can, Arcade, maybe Jester, we can just get rowdy. I can't, I can't wait. First, first guests! Yeah, definitely. We're, we're probably gonna add some more guests on, eventually. Right. Because I have some friends that I consider experts on some things I want to talk about, but I have not seen myself. Uh, same i do i do have other potential i do have potential guests but i have to like i haven't even broached the subject with them so yeah so uh, i think we had some emails uh yeah well i think multiple questions in an email um or multiple questions and comments let me see Um, Brock uh, says, let me, uh, hey, introspective gang, just wanted to send an email to say thanks for the podcast. Not only did it help further my interest in Mecca, but it's also helped get me through uh, graveyard shifts at my job over the past year or so. The podcast serves as good peer pressure for getting me to finish some of the 50 plus episode shows so I can listen without feeling left out. Um, unfortunately, I'm not knowledgeable enough in mecha shows to hey douchebag you yet, so I'll just suggest some of the mecha anime I've been interested in you guys covering. Uh, more Macross. I've watched every Macross thing over the past three months. It's been a hyperfixation. It would be cool if you covered, uh, SDF slash D-Y-R-L. Uh, however, it is incredibly mega problematic with some old school sexism, but I think there is still something of value in there. Also, maybe Macross 7, but it's an acquired taste. Uh, Macross 7 is my, uh, me editorializing me, Giovanna. Uh, Macross 7, basically for me, is the double Zeta of Macross. Uh, You literally took the words right out of my mouth. Um, and also 50 episodes. Uh, Flag, uh, F-L-A-G, honestly, any Ryosuke uh, Takahashi mecha anime would be good, like Doug Grum, Leisner, Gasaraki, but, uh. I want to do all of those. Yeah, Flag has probably the most unique presentation as a real robot found footage documentary anime. I've never even heard of that, and I am, you are, like, Ryosuke Takahashi found footage anime mecha? Okay, yeah, I'm on. Sure. Uh, uh, sign me the fuck up. And it's 13 episodes. Yeah, we uh, can probably do that in a single part. Yeah, Dragon's Heaven, Mobius-looking-ass mecha anime. That sounds cool to me. That's how you pitch that to me. Any tokusatsu thing, Kamen Rider, Sentai, Ultraman, anything. I would say I'm more of a toku guy than a mecha guy, so the hey douchebags could be more likely there. I've noticed that a tokusatsu discussion almost always boils down to the same tired internet trope of lol, isn't Japan crazy? 
Uh, I agree. I hate. Yeah, that, that shit's annoying. Uh, but I think both of you would have fairly insightful things to say about it. If not, just yeah, I wanna I wanna dive deeper I've, into Toku. I've uh, only ever seen a couple Common Rider shows. I've seen. Let me let me. I, I, if you're curious, I can Rolodex them off for you because I've seen all of Common Rider Black. I've seen mm. all of Kuga. I've mm. seen all of Kabuto. It's all the three I've completed. I've seen uh, about half of Ryuki, half of Agito, and like half of Gaim. I've seen. Uh, I've seen like all all like 98 episodes and two movies of the original Kamen Rider and then nothing else which is really weird but very me if we do a talk I'm gonna say this right up front uh is that the end of the email because I have a lot I want to say to respond to this um no there's more and then the last thing is a uh, gunpla not a show or anything but i like hearing about gunpla uh from the perspective of people who care about the shows uh yes we are very much planning on doing something with gun yes not we i have two good friends uh pigeon and jester who i would love to have on here because they do they both of them do awesome work and awesome customs i am an i am a gunpla amateur despite my love for gundam same so we would we, we definitely want to do an sd where we bring them on yeah, uh, and then just, you know, uh, thanks again for the podcast. More radical leftist mecha fans, the better. I agree. Thank you so yeah. much. So much read the, the in- Read the Invisibles by Grant Morrison. <laughs> I'm so radically left, I don't even believe in, the, in, in reality anymore. Yeah, no, like, fucking... You're a fucking you're a fucking conservative if you only fucking live in three dimensions. <laughs> So, uh, on the topic of Macross, um, I have not seen SDF Macross since I was actually 15. I loved it back in the day, and I've been wanting to rewatch it for a long time. We're probably, what we're planning on doing is try, once we finish Charts Counterattack, and we get off the Gundam Ruse Cruise for a while, because we're going to jump back on once Hathaway is watchable. Because we're going to need to do a first look on Hathaway. Yeah, first look. Uh, because we're, we're, we, we need to. Because my whole thing about doing the Gundam shit is to, I want to at least get Tooch caught up to um, Char's Counterattack before Hathaway, and I was thinking maybe we could t- snap Unicorn in there and like talk about Unicorn in one or two episodes, but not make a whole big deal out of it. But otherwise, we want to. We we feel like through season two, we mostly were sitting in the eighties. Yeah, we've been running in the eighties, and I've got fucking neon burnout. <laughs> And like I, if I, if I was the only person running the show and it was just me, I'd be there forever because I think there's an endless like endless list of oh no same to talk it's, about yeah no I'm same like I, this is something I'm forcing myself to do for my own good is to and leave so the 80s. we are going to try to focus on things from the aughts. Uh, I would like to do Macross when my Japanese is better. Because uh, I'm trying to get, watch more and more things only in Japanese, uh, which is why I keep delaying doing Ava now, is because I want to do Ava when my Japanese is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, when the final rebuild movie comes out, then we can have big discussions on like rebuild as a whole thing. Because I've I I my own opinions on rebuild hinge very heavily on the fourth and final movie because it's been an incomplete sequence for so long. Yeah. No. I I. I haven't watched the third one because I promised myself I wouldn't bother because I knew that the fourth one would take so long to come out. So it's like I just didn't. Um. And so on the top, so on the topic of Macross, we are going to do Macross. Probably that's the first thing we do when we get back to the eighties. 
Yeah. So keep keep on for that. I don't mean to after we watched Double Z. Do you want to say throw out a couple ideas of what we're doing next ish? Not because you we were saying we had yeah. like Nadesico, Full Metal Panic. Um, I feel like every time I feel like every time we do this, I throw out Outlaw. I I why I throw Outlaw Star into the ring. Yeah, we talked. We discussed Outlaw Star because I wouldn't. I would consider that not a guy then. Yeah. Uh, so I I I, what, I remember we said there was something we were going to do after Char's counterattack, and I don't remember what that was. Because we have like blue gender, which is also Takahashi, and I want to do. Were we in? Because uh, I never in a, finished it. Were we in a call or were we in? Text? We were in a call. Ah, fuck. No, we'll never know. <laughs> so yeah, we're planning on doing stuff from like the '90s and the 2000s. Eureka Seven is when we keep kicking around because I love that show. Mm-hmm. Razefon is something I'd love to do after Ava because it direct comparisons to Ava because Yoji Enkido was a lead writer on Ava, who then that was his show. I want. I want to do. I want to do. I want to do. I do want to finally do Galgaigar at some point. Yeah, we we got to do Galgaigar if we're going nineties. That's like we'll do Gurren Lagann at some point because I don't think enough people talk about the the like seventies anime inspirations behind Gurren Lagann. Yeah, I also. I, I also. I also am comfortable. I am more than comfortable. Not. I'm in no rush. To do an episode on Gurren Lagann because it's basically, it's one of the it's like one of the mecha like anime for like it's it's one of the ones that like broke through like broke through the AT field of like mecha anime like to, to in a frustrating way too. In a way. My 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 hear me out. My my um reasons for wanting to do Gurren Lagann are to combat that, which is like, you've seen this show, you're already in, here's what this show is really homaging, and here's millions of things you should be watching on top of this. Right. Like, here's, here is the, the show underneath the show that you just do not, did not have the context for, but don't worry, because we can't not tell you we're insufferable. Because like, (laughs) hear me out, I'm going to say this right now, I'm dropping two microphones from as high a peak as I can. Gurren Lagann is a love letter to Ken Ishikawa. Yeah. I lift up. Kill a Kill is a love letter to Go Nagai. People weren't ready for this. Uh, kill, on the topic like, of I mean, like, Toku, if we do... Kill is, yeah, Kill a Kill is a super robot anime with, with, with clothes instead of robots. If we do do a Tokusatsu series, the first thing we're doing is original ass Ultraman. Yes. I'm, like, or I'm Ultra there. Q. We might even start with Ultra Q, because I am cool with doing, like, essential Ultra stuff. No, I remember what we said we were doing next. Uh, we're doing Big O. You're right, we are doing Big O. Ah, we're going to do Big O after Char's Counterattack. We are doing Big O. I remember now. We're doing fucking Big O. Right here. I pro- That's a promise. That's a de- That's an unreliable Devin promise, but we're doing Big O. That's a, that's a that's a reliable Gia. That's a reliable Gia decree you can take to the bank. Uh, we're probably going to do... We're 99% going to do Big O because she won't have it any other way. We're doing Big O. Big O! Show but Charge Counterattack first. Uh, but yeah, to answer, that's answer your question. We're probably... 
Uh, I would love to do Ultraman just because literally the entire super robot genre hinges on Ultraman as an, it's a very existence hinges on Ultraman. A lot of stuff like Ultraman is like, like it's so hard to, to keep it in mind because like it didn't, it didn't permeate to the West. It, you know, it did. It, there's, there's Ultraman has, has always had an English fan base, but it's been very small. Um, and so it was, you it's have dubbed. Those... Like if you ask like my somebody like my like my, my like my stepfather's age and my uncle's age, like in their fifties, they're like, "Oh, I remember Ultraman." Yeah, it's like a generational thing. Like it didn't it didn't cross generations, um, in that way. But 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 a lot of other stuff that did, like Evangelion, uh, especially Ava. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't get that without Ultraman. So it is very important to Mecca. Like I I would say two of the I, I like I would say. Ultraman and Yamato are probably, like, the two most important shows, like, ever. Yeah. In terms of, like, you know, solidifying what anime is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I, like so much of, of just Japanese, like, you know, pop, modern pop culture it, it relies on Ultraman. Like, so yeah, like, much like, of it like, does. Mi- like, like mid, to late, mid to late 20th century Japanese culture. Yeah, it, so it's like, I'm... I like pop culture. Yeah, pop culture. And it's like it's so much of the shit I like is is so found like Ultraman is foundational to it. Like you would you wouldn't I I honestly think Ultraman invented Monster of the Week. Maybe. Like just invented that concept. And and so Ultraman is just that foundational. So that would if we if we start with Toku, we're doing that, or we're doing like OG Common Rider. I I think I think we w- or like Metal Heroes or some stuff that like because if we go Toku, we're going like Showa Toku. Oh yes, yeah, no, get get ready because this ain't funny. My name's my name's Giovanna, and I love low budget seventies productions. It so I hope that uh, answered your question. I what was his name? I forgot. I feel bad. Uh, Brock. Brock. I ho- I hope that answered your question. Thank you for listening. I hope we made the episodes long enough so to get you through those fucking god awful night shifts. I know what that's like. I was a bike delivery guy who worked like the three a.m. shift all the time. And let me tell you, my favorite podcasts were the only thing that kept me sane through the year and a half I did that. Yeah. So I'm glad that I'm able to supply that same thing for somebody else. And maybe the, the fact that neither time. of us have the capacity to shut the fuck up ever a second in our lives has some use. I I promised I promised the working class that I will never stop talking. <laughs> I solemnly swear to never shut the fuck up. <laughs> if we start ever selling shirts, I want that to be one of our shirts. I solemnly swear to never shut the fuck up. <laughs> Anyway, Brock, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to send an email like Brock did, uh, that's mechtrospective at gmail.com, M-E-C-H-T-R-O-S-P-E-C-T-I-V-E at gmail.com. It's written right on the thing you're listening. Yeah, it's written right on the thing you're looking at, probably. Uh, Do you have anything you wanted to add before I do the rest of the spiel? Uh, Follow Mechtrospective on Twitter, but don't follow me because I'm not there. Yeah, and... Fuck Twitter. It's only good if you have a brand of some kind. And even then, it sucks. Fuck brands. Uh, fu- uh, give us, rate us five on iTunes so that the algorithm shoots more people our direction. Uh, even if you hate iTunes, I do. I don't blame you. 
If you don't want to, don't worry. Uh, give us a give us a review. Give us five stars, and we'll read it on the on the podcast. Um, you know what's just as you know what's just as good as as feeding as as feeding your time and energy and data to the algorithm gods for our benefit. Uh, tell a friend. Yeah, tell a friend if there's somebody who's um. I'm planning on making a, a more organized, more scripted episode where I write more things, where Ooh. I where I have a 100% how to get into Gundam episode, where we nice. talk about the history of it. As we've, it would be more of like, you know, entry level. Because I had a friend say that even our um, history of Mecha episode felt a little too dense, so I was like, I gotta, I gotta go like. I gotta go. We gotta. We gotta go baby mode for for then. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is less about baby mode necessarily, but like we need to actually form a lesson plan. Yeah. Instead of like an improvised TED talk. Yeah. Exactly. So we look forward to more varied content, I guess, going forward once we get all this Gundam out of our system. Only for it to come right the fuck back with Hathaway. I just pictured the two of us, like, in, like, turtleneck sweaters on a stage at some university, just, like, like, in front of a big PowerPoint presentation, just like, Mecca. And, like, one of us, like, clicks a button, and it's just a big question mark. What is it? Is <laughs> okay, Toot, you say that as a joke, but who is more qualified to do that than us? Fucking other people, but we're one of them. Maybe sure. Tom Asnable, but I think we c- I can even eclipse him in a couple years. Once I learn Japanese and I'm starting to import all of these crazy oh, Gundam yeah. production books and I learn everything, I'm, I'm going to be unstoppable. Coming for your throne, Thomas. Sorry, he seems chill. He doesn't care about that shit. <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'll, take, I'll, take his, I'll take his throne as guy who knows more things about Gundam production history. Gunning for ya! Yeah, him and, him and Minofsky article and Colin Space Twinks are, were pretty much my holy trinity of good mecha Twitter follows for a time. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to Mechtrospective. Uh, we cry at robots. Thing. We cry at robots. I I cry at the fact that Camille is actually okay. I cry. I cry for. I cry for Camille. We we finally will shed the tears of time.